in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other once scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their sh- Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. And Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. And welcome into the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. And the Sportsocracy heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yep, live or on demand. You can get us and take us with you everywhere you go. You can see us as well on YouTube. We make it so easy for you to consume this here three-hour product on ESPN Asheville every weekday. Go to thesportsocracy.com. Click on the live video link. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel so you can join us in the chat. And right off the jump, you get to hit your button, your stupid button. Oh, no. Because, I mean, it. of course it would be. Breaking news day. Who's gonna break the news? 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 And the Carolina Panthers have made the deal with the devil. Actually, with the Cleveland Browns. They are trading with the Cleveland Browns to get Baker Mayfield. And you know, when I saw the compensation, they were giving up a conditional fifth round pick. Yep. Win, and you would think that that would that just makes it all okay. It does. I only had one reaction when I saw this. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're really gonna bring in Baker Mayfield to try to solve whatever problem you have? Are you kidding me? Someone was gonna do it. It's just insane to me. It's insane to me. What benefit does this do you? May I ask, what does this do? I mean, it does make you a little better at the quarterback position, which is the most important position in but football. But does it, though? But does it, though? And I just yeah. heard Bucky, Bucky Brooks on uh, Colin Cowherd say he stole my thunder because he said virtually verbatim exactly what I was going to say. What's that? How much better, better has Baker been with exponentially better things around him? I mean, there's nobody with an IQ above salad dressing that doesn't realize that Cleveland was in a better shape, specifically offensive line-wise, than Sam Darnold ever had mm-hmm. with the Carolina Panthers or the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Is that fact or fiction? Fact. They haven't been that much different of a quarterback. Agreed. And so They're, why all of a sudden do you feel so much better about this? Oh, you I don't, don't there's get no it. One. No, 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 no. You're misconstruing here. No, I'm not. You're misconstruing. No one feels better about this. If you do feel better about this, you need to check yourself into some sort of a mental institution. Well, there are a lot of people that listen to this here program that feel a lot better about the Carolina Panthers with Baker Mayfield than they did with Sam Darnold. Well, if you do, congratulations. I feel better about this because this is going to give us such the greatest little dumpster fire to follow well, over the Well, I mean, season. the bad thing is that this almost guarantees that the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers will not be coming on this here program. Oh, no, absolutely not. I wonder if he still has me blocked on Twitter. (laughs) He probably does. He's that bitter. He's that much of a child. Uh, No, look, 
Everybody knows me. I love a good dumpster fire. And guess what, Carolina Panther fans? You're in for a hell of a one over the next 12 months because what you're going to see is you're going to see Baker Mayfield come in here with all this pomp and circumstance of, oh, see, we're taking care of the quarterback position. But no, really what that's going to give you is a divided locker room. It's going to give you a divided fan base. That's of those, the biggest one to of, me. Yeah, of those who go, Baker Mayfield is so much better than Sam Darnold. No, check yourself. He's not. They are better. He is a better quarterback, in my opinion, than Sam Darnold. I don't know but that I agree with But it's by you. a fractional margin. Career completion percentage. What is Sam Darnold's? Uh, 59. 59.8. Yeah. What's Baker Mayfield? 60. 61.6. There you go. With exponentially better weapons. Like I said, fractionally. The one thing I will say is that Baker is less prone to turning the ball over. That That's the one. I mean, if that makes you feel better of you're going to play good defense – if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, then yes, I will say you're probably going to win more games. Here's my problem. I don't know why you want to. <laughs> I cannot for the life of me figure out why you want to. Right, this is the We're going into one of the best quarterback drafts I've ever evaluated. I've been doing this since there was not a one in front of the last two digits of the year. So I've been doing this for a minute. Mm -hmm. I've only seen a couple of drafts ever that had this many quality quarterbacks. You know what Baker Mayfield ensures? You're going to be drafting the fifth best one. Yep. You know what you just did in the last draft? Drafted the fifth best one. Mm -hmm. Not according to the front office. Uh, we everybody got the lies one about we that. wanted. Everybody lies about that. So That's just nonsense. If you had Matt Corral as the number one quarterback in this class, you're out of your mind. Agreed. And I would say that to anybody that said it to me. This is the age-old Jeremy Green trope of if you go suck, suck. And here's the thing. If you go... How many games does this team win with Baker? Uh, I will go nine to seven. That's my window. So seven. So you're saying they're going to go nine and eight? Yeah, best possible scenario. All right. That. So you're you're in at nine and eight. I'm yeah. not so sure that I'm as rose colored glasses as you are. Okay. The one pivot game. All right. So you start with Cleveland, mm -hmm. which is going to be <laughs> an absolute circus, and I'm here for it. Of course. Then you play at the Giants. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, mm -hmm. Arizona, San Francisco at the Rams. Yep. Do you feel any different about any of those games with Baker Mayfield than you would have with Sam Darnold? No, not really. I do I with Cleveland. I feel like you I got think the there will be a chip on your shoulder with no Deshaun Watson. You're playing Jacoby Brissett. You probably win that game where you probably weren't going to before. Okay. Other than that, I'm looking at all right. Best case scenario, you're three and three. Yep. Then you go Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Baltimore, Denver. Cool. You get Atlanta twice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Other than that. Not a lot of uh, bright and shiny there. That's five-win year. Here's where the problem comes in. Those last five games where you're jockeying for draft position, you get Seattle, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa Bay, who may not be playing anybody, and New Orleans, who virtual, it, there's virtually no shot they'll be playing anybody. Mm -hmm. You could do the New York Jet thing. I watched one of these two quarterbacks do this exact same thing. Yes, you did. And you know what it kept us from doing? drafting the quarterback that we wanted mm -hmm. and that's how we wound up with zach wilson yep i watched this happen mm -hmm. and what i don't get and this is the thing that i'm going to need somebody to explain it to me i understand that you didn't give up a lot in draft pick compensation people hear fifth round draft pick and they go well that doesn't matter that's throw away the the team that just won the super bowl do you realize how many fifth sixth seventh round draft picks they had on that roster that were contributing in a high level way mm-hmm and so you did this for what purpose? There's only one answer that really makes sense to me. To appease the fan base. Bingo. 
to give somebody some reason to come to the stadium. Yep. That's the only thing that makes any sense. Yep. Because I don't think from a football standpoint, you're not that much better. Nope. You're fine. But I said you were fine before. And so now I feel like your range of outcomes has changed. But Wait, what is the number one thing, Carolina? This was the first thing you said to me when this came out mm-hmm. at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Mm-hmm. What is the number one thing the vast majority of Panther fans want? A quarterback. No. No. The number one thing they want is Matt Rule to no longer be the co- the coach of this team. Oh, oh, yeah. You just added about seven layers of how that could not happen. Mm. This team goes 7-10 and 10 and Baker looks like looks the part of potentially being a franchise quarterback. Matt Rule get fired? Yes. No shot. You don't think so? No shot. Because now you will be able to say, well, we have the quarterback, and this team's young. We have one of the youngest defenses in the league. Everything's – oh, we can't let him go now. Look at the improvement. Look at the improvement of what we've done here. These are the moves that you make that are just – it leaves you in this purgatory. Al, is there a path to what you just said happening? Absolutely. What I think is more likely going to happen is, yes, they're going to be more competitive than they were, fractionally more competitive than they were but the off the field pressure packed situation that baker mayfield is going to fall into here you said it already chip on his shoulder over the cleveland stuff Mm -hmm. sure you know what also that's going to lead to a whole lot of antics and the antics are going to be covered non-stop oh this just gave us i will i will make a wager right now over the course of the next six months this gave us 25 free segments no doubt there's nobody happier on this planet that this has happened than this mulleted guy right right here right he don't exist what is going to happen is you're going to see the baker mayfield circus come to town and the baker mayfield circus will at the end of the season have to be weighed against how well we did and that's when the decision gets made i don't i think this makes them more competitive this year however i don't i don't see it increasing the chances of Sam Darnold being the quarterback of the future, Matt Rule sticking around for another year, I think it's going to be such a circus throughout the entire season that there's going to be left no doubt. We have to blow this up. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's happening in our YouTube comments right now. And I'm just comments that I'm seeing. We'll compete for the division. I'll be here (laughs) to serve the crow. This is what Baker does. Uh This is what he does. This is Cam Newton 2.0. I've already watched the same same fan base do this. And look, there's nobody hoping that this works for you more than me. I have no aversion to this working. The problem is I think your range of outcomes is so small. Because you've Baker has been the exact opposite of Sam Darnold since the minute they were drafted. He had the line. He had the front office because they had the all-star team of, of former GMs and scouts that were putting the team together, and they were laying on the analytics, and Sam Darnold had the Jets. He was running for his life. Mm-hmm. If you had to honestly answer this question right now, which of these two quarterbacks is more talented? Sheer talent. You give them the same team from the minute they came into this league. Who is more talented, Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold. 29 out of 32 teams would agree with you. And now you brought in the one that has a circus. Because if Sam Darnold had come in and started, let's say he played 12 games and then you had five games of Matt Corral, who this says a lot, a lot to me about how they feel about Matt Corral. We'll get into that in the next segment. Nobody would be clamoring for Sam Darnold to come back. If you go seven and 10, 
that, that same 7 and 10 number that I gave, mm-hmm. would you be clamoring for Sam Darnold to come back? No. No, because the fan base tapped out on him. Now you've brought in a guy that has this little, I don't know what to call this other than a cult fanboy following. So what do you, th- you think is going to happen now? Mm-hmm. This team that's gone Cam Newton, Jake DeLome over the course of their 30-year existence. But now you got a former number one pick. He's fantastic. And he's talented. And he's this. And he's that. And you go 7-10, and 10, that same season looks different. That same se- season looks completely different. And also something we'll touch on in the next segment. You, you just completely boo-boo kitty your ability to handpick the next quarterback. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Did the Carolina Panthers make the right decision? Uh, join the uh, comment section now on the YouTube It's fun. Stream. It's fun already. The this is going to be a great day. Thesportsocracy.com. At Ingles, we're all in for summer. Whether you're hitting the trails, hitting the water, or hitting the golf ball, we have everything you need for the perfect picnic, the greatest grill out, and the best beach vacation. We know that the mountains are calling, the open road awaits, and that pool party is ready to rock. So head on over to Ingles and stock up on all the goodies to get you through your summer of freedom. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Everyone's heard about the housing market and this being the best time to sell a house in years. But the same thing applies to cars. Whether you're looking to buy a car, trade in, or sell that car in the driveway collecting dust, Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville wants to buy your car. They have two on-site managers that work with Kelly Blue Book to give you top dollar for your vehicle. You can even have your car appraised instantly at AndersonNissan.com. Stop in and visit them today at 629 Brevard Road, Nashville, or call them at 8. 828-365-1663. The Sportsocracy. Ice up, son. Ice up. And welcome back into the Ingles Studio. Sportsocracy always brought to you by Ingles Supermarkets. Low prices. Love the savings. One of our uh, great many sponsors here in the Sportsocracy with Fred Anderson, Nissan of Asheville, and also 12 Bones Smokehouse and Brewery. As uh, the 12 Bones question of the day today, what is the best throwback jersey in NFL history? Or I guess uniform. You can go uniform as well. What's the best throwback in NFL history? Oddly enough, I walked in today, that's the topic of the day, and I'm wearing my Tampa throwback. It was not planned at all. Yeah, because before the uh, Baker pandelirium happened this morning, I was like, ah, what are we going to talk about today? (laughs) And somebody with NFL.com and CBS Sports decided they were going to ruffle my feathers. Yep. And so that is the 12 Bone Smokehouse and Brewery question of the day. What is your favorite throwback uniform in NFL history? That also will be the topic of today's daily draft. Top of the th- top of the third hour. I'm going to figure that out eventually. It's not the three o'clock hours, the third hour. They're new words. The, 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 the word tracks haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> the top of the th- third hour of the program. We do the daily draft and today we will be drafting the all time throwbacks in sports. We're going top six this time. We figured yesterday we did four for the uh, July That segment 4th. is a work in progress, yeah, yeah. And, and I think today I, I have a draft strategery that I did not have yesterday. Because, by the way, let's put it on the board. One for the good guys. Yesterday's I won the first daily draft of the, uh, of the new third hour. I would kill to know how you can win 4th of July cookout without fireworks. 
because it's all about the food, buddy. I can see the fireworks anywhere. I can me turn and, on the television you know and see better fireworks than I can see Joe Bob flipping off down the street. Yeah, me and Rob Wright are uh, one, another of our wonderful sponsors, Showtime Sports and Halloween Express, the Big Orange Tent in the Asheville Mall parking lot. Mm-hmm. If he's shooting my fireworks, you lose. <laughs> I heard it was a good time had oh, out in the holler. Tremendous. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, we're talking about Baker Mayfield to North to North Carolina to uh, the state of North Carolina, uh, the Carolina Panthers, as the Panthers have given a fifth round draft pick, and they're only having to take on five million dollars of the salary. He was due eighteen point eight million dollars this year, just like uh, Sam Darnold is on the extension, the rookie extension. So. You know, didn't give up a whole lot to get him in the building. It makes you fractionally better for the year. Kevin Vick in the comments on the YouTube stream says, what did we really lose? And part of me agrees. When you told me the deal, you came in here bursting through the door. Oh, we got breaking news. And I went, okay, wait. They give up a fifth round pick, which to me is a throwaway. I get it's Mr. Not Mr. Draft, way, Mr. Draft guy believes that all fifth round picks can be superstars, but... In all honesty, that's not true. You have to be I'm a not, good drafting team. You have to be a good scouting team to mm-hmm. get the most out of those picks. Is Are the Carolina Panthers that? So, I mean, then what does it matter? If you can't draft, you might as well just roll over and die. Well, uh, and la- the last 10 Super Bowl champions called, they would like a word. Sure. But, I mean, but, I mean but historically, just, there are franchises. But it's not that, just the fifth-round pick. Okay. you got to understand, you gave up a 2, a 4, and a 6 for Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. You gave up a 3 and a 5 to get Matt Corral. Mm-hmm. And now you gave up a conditional 5, which will invariably become a 4, for Baker Mayfield. Do you understand that that means you have given up almost an entire flight, an entire class of draft picks? Yes. For three quarterbacks. And you don't feel good about any of them. No. That should probably tell you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. That should probably tell you everything you need to know. The person I'm most disappointed in today is Scott Fitterer. Like, I thought Scott Fitterer was a great GM. He came in and he made some moves, and we went, holy cow, he's doing some good things. And then he made the Sam Darnold deal, and I went, "Uh, you know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Okay. Then they had the draft this year, and they took Ike Aquanu, and I went, yeah, that was a great draft pick. Back on Scott Fitterer's side. Now... You, t- you bring in Baker Mayfield, and while I think it makes you fractionally better, I don't understand why you would add this in. Unless this is a master plan by Scott Fitterer, what, it, what is one way that we can guarantee that this year is going to be an absolute joke and I can get this head coach out of here? Baker Mayfield. Bring in a crazy, uh, you know, egomaniac, young, hotshot quarterback who's going to come in and just rankle half of the fan base to beyond all recognition. And now maybe this is the way to guarantee that I end up with a blow up next year. The problem is if it goes so bad, it could take my job as well. It's a hell of a gamble he's making. A hundred percent. Because now I think you have put yourself on the hot seat of if the quarterback play is terrible, eventually somebody's going to say the same thing I did of, do you realize how much draft capital you gave up Mm -hmm. to have the worst quarterback room in the league? Yep. That's going to be hard to come back from, but I'll go one step further than that. My buddy Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft analyst, recently put out his 2023 never-too-early mock draft. Okay. Who do you have Carolina taking in the first round? Now, Um, before I say this, I need to say his mock and mine look tremendously different. I don't know. Tyler Van Dyke. Bryce Young. It's seven. Okay. Okay. Well, you got. I don't think that's going to happen, but okay. Well, you got to remember the six teams he had in front of him. One, one was Pittsburgh, which I don't think is going to happen. 
Uh, he had Houston not taking a quarterback. But just for the sake of this exercise, let's just let's just say that it goes the way he said. He also has my Jets picking number one, which I was a little <laughs> might have sent a tweet on that one. Is there any chance you're not better than the Detroit Lions at this point? The answer is no. The answer is oh, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Is there any chance you're not better than the Seattle Seahawks? No. No. Is there any chance you're not better than the New York Giants? There's a chance. No, there's not. That you're not better than the Giants? Are you out of your gourd? That you do realize they're still playing Daniel Jones, right? So now you've it's taken yourself Carolina out. Panthers. So now you're out of the top ten. Mm-hmm. That, that's what that means. That this move has now taken you out of the top ten. Do you know what all three of those teams did? Picking eight, nine, ten right behind Carolina. Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Yeah. Quarterbacks. So now you're going to take ah, whatever's left. And what did it do? Did it make you a playoff contender? Nope. No. Not any more than I already thought you were. Look, and I have to reemphasize this. I think this team is better than a lot of people do, especially people in non-Carolina markets. On the national stage, you're viewed as one of the five worst teams in this league. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. But I didn't agree with that with Sam Darnold either. Now, I'll take it one step further. Let's say we had both agreed that now this makes you an outside contender to challenge for the seventh spot in, in the NFC playoffs. Are you a threat to anybody? No. then what was the purpose then what was the purpose you're going to do this for a year and now you just brought in a headache because if he's terrible you're going to get railed for giving up a draft pick and wasting a year and the sam Darnold thing gets heaped on top of it but here's the scarier proposition to me mm-hmm. what if he's good what if he's actually good what if he's better than he's been in his career then you got a problem and i'm just going to take his career stats his best year ever he was a 63 percent passer 26 touchdowns eight interceptions browns went 11 and 5 mm-hmm. if he did even that again yes you're three to one a little over three to one touchdown interception ratio panthers go nine and eight what happens then then you're stuck with him how much do you That's pay him how much does he cost Will the fan base mutiny if you don't re-sign him? Does he have any value? What do you do with Matt Corral? Did you just set a third-round pick on fire? Yeah, you did. See, this is the problem. is When you make these moves that are, in my opinion, reactionary, there's no win. This is like an escape room. There's one scenario where you come out of an escape room and you get to the end and they give you the little plaque and get to hold it up and go, look, I'm smart, I got out. There's not one of those now. There is not one of those scenarios. Because you either look like the buffoon that gave up that many draft picks and you went 3-14, and 14, or now you have to deal with the same headache that Cleveland's been kicking the can down the road on for three years. Three solid years they've been kicking the can down the road on this. And I will tell you this, on our social media pages, Dakota Henson, A, doctor. Doctors do listen to us. It's not just nice. it's smart people listen to us too. Nice. Cleveland Brown fan that was absolutely catatonic because because Baker was the guy that took you out of the doldrums. Mm-hmm. He took you from not being the Browns. He won you a playoff game. You do realize that your best-case scenario is that you're saying that exact same thing one year from now. And that means now you've got a $30 million quarterback that you have to pay. You have no choice. I mean, do you agree with me on that? I agree. If he does what I just said, you have to extend him. You have to pay him. And now you don't have the quarterback on the rookie deal. Mm-hmm. This young nucleus of players, uh, you kiss that goodbye. Because you're not going to be able to keep that with a quarterback that's that expensive. And he's never going to be better than the 20th best quarterback in this league. And this is exactly what I was alluding to at the beginning of the segment. Because what if 
It's a big what if. I mean, be honest with yourself. You think this is a team that could possibly win 11 games? No, do best I, no. case scenario. No. Best case scenario, Baker Not Mayfield. Not with that No. If he does, sure. But... I One think of, you're taking a big you – know, it's not that big of a gamble that he's going to be successful. I think what the gamble was was not be bad enough for me to lose my job if I'm Scott Federer. And now one of the number one things I love about having this show on YouTube is that you can hop in the comments and comment to us simultaneously and drive the conversation, which is what Matt Garrison just did because he gave one of the best two-comment responses that you could possibly have given. If you were the Panthers GM and your job was on the line, what would you have done? And instead of bashing the Panthers, shouldn't we be bashing the Browns? Look at their quarterback decisions. It's funny you said that. After the break, we'll address both of those questions because they're great questions. And I think they have a very simple answer. It is the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community. One that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Boy, you must be outside your mind. The Sportsocracy. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And welcome back into the Ingalls studio here on ESPN Asheville. You are in the Sportsocracy. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. And while the Baker Mayfield addition to the Carolina Panthers probably should fall into a just a bit outside story, um, I'm going to go with my team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a story the other day that Mike Evans thought he was being trolled by the GOAT. Tom Brady, as they were having the discussion because they saw in the news about the ball that had been the last touchdown ball from Tom Brady that had been sold at auction for over $50,000. And Tom had sent Mike a, a message that said, you know, that's a lot of tuition for those kids. You probably should have held on to that ball rather than throwing it in the stands. And he said, well, I didn't know it was going to be your last. And then Tom replied very peculiarly and said, don't worry. It's not going to be the last one. We got plenty more in us. He thought he was being trolled. And about 20 minutes later, he says he saw the news that Tom Brady is coming back. That's how that's how Tom Brady chose to break it to his number one wide receiver. But, oh, don't worry about it. Of course, that story ended very well when the auction house negated the entire sale of the ball and the guy who paid $50,000 for what was not Tom Brady's last touchdown ball, he got out of that. So anyway, to me, the communication between Tom Brady and, and some of his teammates is, it, it baffles me. Like that's how you decide to break the news where he thought you were joking. Last night, Chet Holmgren may have become my new favorite player in the NBA. <laughs> Why? Because he was so good at Summer League? Summer I, League doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't disagree with that. It was not that. 
And we had to find somewhere to get this story in, so I'm going to choose right here. Last night in his summer league debut, Chet Holmgren scored 23 points, had seven rebounds, four assists, and set a summer league record with six blocks in 24 minutes. But that's not why he became one of my favorite players. ESPN went to interview him after the game. He refused to speak to them unless they would also interview his point guard, Josh Giddy, who had a fantastic game in and of his own right. Then, when he was told that he had set the summer league record with six blocks, his reaction was, six? That's all the record was, was six? <laughs> what, did it, what did he think it was going to be? I, I, I don't know. I think guys come into the summer league and they think they play more than they do. Right. And it means nothing. So, uh, uh, the overreaction of his game, that didn't tell me a lot. The kid that he is, which I've always heard, he quickly is justifying the because if you remember the pre-draft process i said i look i understand that he's skinny well he's gonna get bigger i never had a fear of that but you look at the game and the fact that he had the jumper from the outside and he's as long as he is that's gonna work Mm -hmm. if i were a thunder fan i would be looking at this nucleus going hmm this might be okay yeah I didn't have a whole lot of holes for Chet, Chet Holmgren coming and, and into the NBA. Well, everybody hated him, and it was just simply yeah. because he was skinny. Like, have you ever looked at Kevin Durant? Oh, yeah. Kevin I mean, Durant's arms are – his bicep is about as wide as my wrist. Right. I was fully on the uh, Greg Oden bandwagon back in that – what was that, 2006 draft? Was 2000, that? Let's see, it was either 07 or 08. Okay. He's a year younger somewhere than him. Somewhere in there. I remember being fully on the Kevin Durant's a bust. He's never going to be anything, and – that's that's what I thought about that. And now, Chet Holmgren, I'm probably going to be as wrong about him as I am about anybody. I mean, i got an open mind. I hope the kid does really well. He just, I just don't see how Beanpole is going to be effective in the NBA. Look, if you're a, a, an Oklahoma City Th- Thunder fan like uh, our friends at Dude Takes Podcast are, you should feel pretty good today. Yeah. Okay? It's a Nashville-centric podcast. You should listen to it. It's fantastic. Uh, the Carolina Panthers have made the deal. They have brought in Sam Darnold. They gave up a fifth-round pick. A conditional fifth round pick, which can become a four, but they also only picked up five million dollars of the salary. So I feel like, look, you you've invited the circus to town. Oh yeah, I mean, so, look, if you want to feel good I mean, about you didn't this, didn't have to pay pay a lot to do it. If you so. want to feel good about this, they gave you reason to feel good. Mm-hmm. You didn't give up that much in draft pick compensation. Right. You're not giving up that much money in salary. I get all that. I get all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Garrison in our YouTube comments asked, if you were the GM of the Carolina Panthers what would you, and your job was on the line, what would you have done? Here's where I have a little bit of a disagreement with where everybody's job stability is. I don't think Scott Fitterer was on any kind of hot seat. Okay, He's done well as the GM. Mm-hmm. Matt Rule had more say than anybody wants to claim. And there's a reason that you've seen things kind of take a – dynamic shift over the last year because now i feel like scott fitter is making the one is the one making decisions he has done what he had to in a reactionary sense and i don't think he was in danger matt rules always been the one that i thought was had one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel in terms of his nfl longevity mm-hmm. it's the reason he was being mentioned at penn state it's the reason he was being mentioned at michigan if jim harbaugh had taken an nfl job because we all knew they're not long for this. This yeah. is an arranged marriage that is not working. Mm-hmm. So the question was, what would I have done? It's very simple. This is Matt's hurrah. I go to David Tepper and say, look, I took this job with him here, 
and he had way more pull than he ever should have. We kind of know how this is going to go. Maybe Sam's good. Maybe we have to make a decision at the end of the year. More likely not. More likely we, we're going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of four or five and, and eight at the end of the year. We get a little four-game look at Matt Corral, and then we know what we got. And in this offseason, I will go get our franchise quarterback in the best quarterback draft I've seen in the last 15 years. This year, yeah, sorry. I Look, Tepper, I know you're impatient. I know you're a rich guy that's not used to being told no. I get all that. I need a crack at one of these guys, these homegrown talents. Mm-hmm. All right, look at the top 10 of uh, of our power rankings. You know what virtually every one of those teams have in common? They got a quarterback. Well, that, but how did they get said quarterback? Oh, drafted him. There you go. Except for Tampa. <laughs> who got a 44-year-old quarterback right. that had tapped out on the situation he was on. Right. I, I got news for you. That's not a very common occurrence. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Stafford, you give up two first-round picks for a guy that's in the Siberia of the NFL, and it's a, trans, it, it, a transition into a new front office. Mm-hmm. That ain't out there. But you look at the Kansas Cities, you look at the, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills, the best teams in this league, you drafted your quarterback, and there's a reason for that. You don't go hunting and pecking trying to find whoever we can fill this hole with. Now, the other side of that was, shouldn't we be hammering the Cleveland Browns? Absolutely you should. And that was the number one thing I was looking forward to today. Do you remember the the 2018 draft was the first one I ever did on radio? Okay. Do you remember how many arguments I had with fans and said, oh, you just don't understand. Baker Mayfield is a leader. He's a winner. He's a great player, and you don't get it. I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. That aged well, didn't it? (laughs) Didn't that age well? Didn't that age well? Right. And the ones I'm talking to, because I know a slew of them still listen to the show, they're going, yeah, he's talking to me. But but I mean, there's a couple of reasons that we're not doing that today. There's a couple of reasons why. And one of them is oh, because you will. we care a lot. We 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 care about the Carolina Panthers because the Baker because... side of this is more interesting. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's already had to hemorrhage the team to make up for their mistake. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination telling you that this is a Cleveland drafting Baker mistake. I have gone on record. I think he is the biggest bust in the NFL in the last ten years. And today's just another uh, another notch in that right. belt. Right. But they but here's the thing, they made the mistake, they they had virtually no choice but to f- pick up the fifth year option on him last year, because he had just taken you to the playoffs. There was no you had no options, and the fifth year option didn't really do anything to you. I, I hate to break this to to people that are just diehard dead in the wool on Baker. If they hadn't found a trade partner, you do realize how this was going to end, right? The, the, the Baker in Cleveland thing? Just outright cut him? No, just sit at home. We're going to Deshaun Watson you. We will pay you, mm-hmm. but you are not allowed anywhere near this place. Absolutely. That's exactly how this was going to go. Mm-hmm. Because they were scared that Pittsburgh or somebody like that would pick him up and they would have enough talent around him that they would be scary to them. And what happens now? Now, instead of paying $18.8 million to a quarterback that we got nothing out of, we got a fifth-round pick, and we only had to pay $10 million. And if you're Cleveland, you're selling this by saying, hey, look, the $8 million that we just saved between the pay cut and what Carolina took, eh, that pays Deshaun Watson for this year. 100%. That pays the salary that comes against the the, the cap, and if he doesn't play, this was a a net neutral. Right. There are positives of this. I, I would say more positives of this to the Cleveland Browns than there are for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, I disagree with you vehemently. 
Yeah. Th- this is admitting that you made one of the most boneheaded, ignorant decisions in NFL history. Well, what else history. are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Eat $18 million and do nothing? No, I'm going to give him to Carolina. I'm going to pay less money. I'm going to get a draft pick out of the deal. And guess what? Uh, in a year, I'm going to have my quarterback. Well, and this is how mistakes work. When you make drafting mistakes, you ultimately end up having to do something stupid to mm-hmm. get out from underneath it. Yep. And, and I will reiterate something that I said many years ago. If Sam Darnold had been the pick at one, I fully believe the Cleveland Browns would never have had to do the thing with Deshaun Watson because they had an infrastructure around him, a front office, and they wouldn't have broken him like like a Lego like the New York Jets did. Mm-hmm. That's what the Jets do. See, the, the, the reason I'd, I'm not hammering the Cleveland Browns today because they have a future. They do still they have, have a future. Of course they do. Mm, course I'm not as sold on that as you are. Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback in this league. Maybe. By the next time we see him, he will. By the next time we see him, he will have not taken a snap in two years, and in a four-year career, he will have missed a full season plus some games. Sure, and had a year where he won three total games. But would you ever have had? I'm not as dead sold on that. that. Would you ever had a chance to get a guy like that? Have a competent front office. Have a competent front office that took Josh Allen or Sam Darnold at Mm -hmm. one. Yeah, sure. And yes, I know the same thing hasn't gone well. I'm more looking at the at the circumstances of that. I've always had a theory that we kill front offices because they draft busts. It's not that you should be killing the player. Pl- teams make busts. Players don't come into the league as, oh, you're just a bust outside of Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. I don't think he could have played for any team in this league and not been a complete disaster. Right. But that's my point. That, and the Cleveland aspect of this is what would scare me if I was Carolina. Because you're looking at this. This is now two off seasons in a row. And, and Hubert Queen said this in our YouTube comments earlier, of this is now the second year in a row of, okay, we have not made good decisions at quarterback. We did not have a plan for what happened after Cam. Mm-hmm. We tried to duct tape this with Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. We tried to duct tape this with Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Now we're trying to duct tape it with Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And what do those three things keep doing? Putting you, you further and the, further behind. You don't get the crack at the elite guy. Mm-hmm. You don't get to choose the player that you look at and go, he fits in our system. You wind up going, well, you know, Matt Corral is our number one quarterback. Said not one team in the NFL that I've talked to through this entire process. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong in what you just said. I, You know, all I'm saying is... And here's the problem. When you develop a reputation like that, mm-hmm. it's like manifest destiny. You start putting it out in the atmosphere, that's who you are. You become the team that duct tapes things at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens looking directly at you because you did it for a long time. There were a lot of Trent Dilfers and things like that that worked in the early 2000s. Yep. They weren't Elvis Gerbach. That is, will not work now. It is very uh, it's very Cleveland Brownie, what the Carolina Panthers the have been doing. That, to, so to answer the original question that was asked, this is from the top down. If this was a move... And I don't know this. I, I No one in that organization has told me this. If this was a move that David Tepper went to Scott Fitter and said, you're on the hot seat, you're going to have to do something to save your job, then you're in trouble. Because that will circulate the league, and high-end candidates are not going to want to take your job. You know how I know that? Because I pull for a team that does things like that for 25 years. Mm-hmm. The only one that ever took us out of that was Bill Parcells, who had a Super Bowl pedigree. And my fear is that if you get that reputation, it's really hard to get out of. And so I'm going all the way up to Tepper going, why did you do this? Usually when teams make moves in the NFL, I can look at something and go, I get why you did this. Sam Darnold, I understand it. 
He was a depressed asset that had never been treated like the commodity that he was, and the Jets had turned him into a broken toy. Teddy Bridgewater, one of the ultimate bridge quarterbacks in this league. The Miami Dolphins are doing it right now. I can't look at this one and say that I get it. I just, I don't understand. And I get the, we didn't give up much. You wouldn't have given up much for a slew of guys. And you know what they don't bring? They don't bring the circus to town that Baker does. Mm -hmm. They don't put you in headlines because you have this malcontent quarterback. And I'm telling you that's coming. Absolutely it's coming. And here's the thing. I said this with the Cam Newton thing last year. And I'll say it again now. David Tepper, if he is the one that's making these decisions, then it tells us exactly where his priorities are. We'll expound on that coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville. There's a lot of talk about heroes these days. Hey, buddy, you want to go fishing? The folks in the funny outfits with superpowers and spandex. All right, buddy. But at Ingalls, we know that a lot of our heroes are a little closer to home. They're the ones who give us what we need for those everyday adventures. That's why we look up to the ones who look out for us. Don't forget your fish food. Catch a big one. Ingalls. All the ingredients for family. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a Southern Hospitality Touch. The Sportsocracy. You two are just dumber than a bag of hammers. Back in the Angles studio talking Baker Mayfield to Carolina. Look, I said the same thing about the Cam Newton re-signing last year. David to Tepper, me, I look at these two things the exact same way. Absolutely, because it all comes back to the same thing. What's the reason you did this? What's the reason to bring back Cam Newton last year? Fans. You're trying to appease the fan base. The part of the fan base that's railing for a quarterback. Okay? You see the people don't have faith in Sam Darnold yet again, obviously. And finally, Poor da- Sam. And finally, David Tepper steps in and says, we've got to do something. Maybe he did go and threaten Scott Fitterer's job. Maybe Scott Fitterer once again was sitting back and going, because I said this last year, this has had, had to be a David Tepper, Matt Rule deal, and Scott Fitterer was out of it because I consider him to be a smart guy, and bringing in Cam Newton was not a smart idea. Because you still have people who are trying to hang on and say, oh, we should just bring back Cam. Well, now you've got Baker Mayfield. And, you know, maybe this is just how this is going to go, folks. Maybe, you know, maybe all of our high hopes about David Tepper being such a smart businessman and then maybe that will translate to being a smart football owner. Maybe that's just never going to happen. Maybe we're stuck with the guy who's always going to chase the headlines. Because, hey, at least it's got people talking about us. Otherwise, we're irrelevant. There are a lot of great things to look forward to about this team. That defense is incredible. They li- they, they, that's an incredible young, talented yeah, defense. They all play up to their potential. That's a, that's a top five defense, possibly, in the NFL. You, you got weapons, okay? We got Christian McCaffrey. We're stuck in that deal, but hopefully he's back, and hopefully he's healthy, and hopefully he's going. But it all comes back to the quarterback of that flashy position that everybody at the top of the power rankings, Jeremy, there they've all got quarterbacks, so we have to have a quarterback too. Well, I have no other choice. 
but to try to make some noise as a, as an owner to get a quarterback. Maybe it's Baker Mayfield. My uh, mulleted brother from another mother, Colin Green, asked who has a higher ceiling, Baker Mayfield, C.J. Stroud, or Bryce Young. It's obviously the, the latter two. Yeah. But you'll hear the, the argument of, well, they're unproven rookies. Every rookie's unproven. Mm-hmm. I got news for you. You're about to see this with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. You can break any quarterback. I feel like Lamar Jackson is proof positive that you can make any quarterback. I, I mean, I fully believe that it. The, no quarterback goes in the top of a draft that's not talented. Now, some of them have mental makeup and leadership and work ethic and drive and things like that you can't teach. Mm-hmm. That's what the pre-draft process is for. In terms of talent, none of these guys are untalented. Baker Mayfield is not untalented. No. Baker has a few grandiose drawbacks. One, he's never going to stop being a whittle feller, which we all know how I feel about little teeny tiny quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And that's what he is. Behind a good offensive line, he was battered because he plays, as I said when he came out of college, he plays in a way that is not sustainable in this league because he's not big enough. And he's also not smart enough to, oh, I don't know, get down. He doesn't do that well. Mm-hmm. And where, and maybe it's because I'm the draft guy. Look, I have an obsession with the NFL draft. That is what got me into this. That is why I'm on this here program right now is because of the NFL draft. But for me, that's the common denominator. And I always use Lamar as the example because 90% of us talked about Lamar as he's running back. And, and you hear that constantly. You know why he works? Because the Baltimore Ravens completely sold out of this is what we do now. They traded up in the back end of the first round, got him with that fifth-year option to, because of exactly where they're sitting right now. And everything they've done since has to been has been to build a program that works for the quarterback that they invested in. So you can keep doing these Band-Aid things in a circle. The problem is that the team you would build for Sam Darnold and the team that you would build for Baker Mayfield and the team that you would build for Teddy Bridgewater and the team you would build for Cam Newton are completely different. And you've been trying to just shoehorn these things in for years. And at some point, it's going to collapse. You're going to have that bad year. Mm -hmm. The question is, do you have it this year? Do you have it a year from now? Or do you just keep doing this? Where you stay, I mean, you were the sixth worst team in the NFL last year. You had the sixth pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Would you not feel better if you just went, you know what? We, we did the same thing. We've given up the draft picks. The draft picks are a lost cause. That We can't recoup them. It's not like, well, this didn't work. So give us that two and that six back. Let's keep it four. That, that's not how this league works. Take the spent cost and move on. And that's what I personally would have done. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a Panther fan that want a reason that want a reason to be excited about this, this is the only quarterback in the last 25 years for the Cleveland Browns to win a playoff game. There are exciting things about him. I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I just don't understand the structure. I don't understand the premise. And I love Scott Fitterer. I think he is a fantastic football guy. And I'm just curious, were you the one that did this? Were you the one that made this move? I I can't figure that you were. I still believe no. I also can't figure out what was your competition here. Like, who did you actually think was going to make this move? I mean, there's nobody out there. You said Seattle when I asked you this earlier. They have done everything in their power to make you know we're not interested. Mm -hmm. We were never interested. We'll roll with Drew Locke. It was not a smokescreen. You know when smokescreens don't happen? Uh, In text messages where nobody can hear them. Seattle had zero interest. Right. 
And and I mean, look, hey. this might have been the least that you could have gotten them down to that they would move him. Exactly. They might have just said, you know what? We'll send him at home with Baker Mayfield and he can count his progressive insurance mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. If they're willing to eat it, then eat it. You know, maybe this is the lowest that they would go. They they had been talking forever about not wanting to give up any of the uh, of the, paying any of the contract. And then they said they don't want to give up more than half. Well, this is the way you got them to give up more than half. So maybe Scott Fitterer, I hope this is the way it went, that Scott Fitterer looked at this situation and went, I got to do this. My owner's telling me I can't do anything else. I have to get the best possible deal for this team. And I think that's what he did. I think he got the best possible lowest price that he could possibly get. You think a year from now we could get Sam Darnold to be the third on this show? I, I feel like that's going to be a real depressed asset about a year from now. Could be available. However, that is a more improved offensive line, so maybe he may not be dead by then and he can go play in the uh, XFL. Hey, Sam. Call me. It's the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Still two hours to go. Sports Center coming up next. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets and Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. And welcome back into the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Second hour. On the way in the Ingalls studio, we're always brought to you by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. Check us out everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Take us with you anywhere you go. And, of course, you can see us on YouTube. Just go to thesportocracy.com, click on that live video link, subscribe to the channel so you can get into the chat. You can uh, weigh in on the poll questions of the day. Uh, you can vote for who gets. Well, no, we're not doing that anymore. No, I you, forgot, you, you won I yesterday. I started the daily draft with a winner. Oh, you did winner, that on winner, purpose. Winner, chicken dinner, and I get the first pick today in the daily You're draft. You're not going to win today. <laughs> I have a strategy. Coming up in the third hour of the program, we will start it off with the daily draft where Jeremy and I will be picking uh, a set of the greatest throwback uniforms in the history of sports and uh, our 12 bones question of the day today is what is the best throwback in nfl history so 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 it's only football for the, the question of the day the draft, the draft will be across all uh, sports we're opening it up amongst all sports and it's going to be a grand old time hope you stick with us for that we got most improved as we talked about yesterday on this program teams in the nfl most improved, least improved. That's what we're going to spend the next hour here talking about. Plus one of the most, uh, to me, one of the most insane assertions that any player has made in this offseason. And that's, that's saying a lot because there have been some doozies. Uh, but we've got that to come as well this hour. Baker Mayfield, the news of the day going to the Carolina Panthers. The conversation in the chat has been robust over that topic. And we'd love to see that continue to go on uh most improved teams in the nfl jeremy i'm gonna let you start on this one if so, you have to crown a winner who's the winner I, I said this yesterday i think it's the philadelphia eagles okay they're the only team in the nfl that i feel like addressed every problem that was addressable okay and I'm going to pair this back to something I said in the last hour. When Baltimore took Lamar Jackson, everything they did stemmed in that tide. Yes. I feel like that's what Philadelphia did. They know. 
Jalen Hurts is not a – he's never going to be a an MVP caliber quarterback. Mm-hmm. How do you mitigate that? You play to what he does well, so you beef up the offensive line. You look at – and this is a myopic way of looking at this, but one of the lesser talked about additions. You drafted Landon Dickerson last year. You drafted Cam Jurgens this year. You know what those two players do really well? Get out in front. They're really good at running downhill in front of runners. Mm-hmm. What's Jalen Hurts? He's a running quarterback. He's a runner. Yeah. Not great deep ball thrower. So what do you add with that? An elite receiver after the catch. Defensively, you know you're not going to be putting up prolific offensive numbers. So what do you do? You build the defense, bring back your vet guys, throw in a run stuffer that keeps teams from just bleeding you out up the middle, which some did last year, Dallas Cowboys. And add some pass rushers, add a corner, so that the, the second side of your, the, the latter side of your defense, the weak side of your defense, is not just a sieve against teams that have more than two high quality receivers. So to me, the unquestioned, no doubt winner of the offseason, Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles, they were close for me. They were close for me, but they were not my A number one. And here's why. Because I believe when you're talking most improved, you go, who can who can take the biggest jump this year? Philadelphia Eagles were a playoff team last year. Do you feel much better about their their chances to win a Super Bowl this year than you did last year? Do I feel drastically better? Yes. Do what I still Do you think it's likely? Do you think it's there's there's even a They're a, not in my top 6 of Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I was going to say is there even a me. small window where you think that the Philadelphia Eagles could end up winning the Super Bowl? It would take a lot. It would take a you lot. Would, you would need many alien abductions, uh, retirements, right. somebody to retire to become the third on this show. Right. Like, there would have to be a lot of things. That's why they're my number two. My number one most improved team in this season is one that didn't make the playoffs last year. But now there's that small window that you think, well, there's a chance. There's a chance that a couple of their players takes another leap this year and they actually wind up in a Super Bowl, and maybe even winning it. And it's the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers with adding Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson on the defensive side of the ball. I talked about this in our off-season videos on the YouTube stream of Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson clogging up the middle because they couldn't stop the run last year. And then they had an unbelievable draft. You got Zion Johnson added into that offensive line. They got Jamari Salyer in the draft as well, who's going to be a good depth piece for them. The right tackle spot is the only one that you go, yeah, I would like for an upgrade there. But with Corey Filer and uh, Rashawn Slater, who was the first year all pro at left tackle last year, they've, they took care of their problems. And then they got Isaiah Spiller. Who, who did we need? We needed somebody to get those yards when Austin Eckler's not out there. So guess what? You could even play him in tandem. Now you can move Austin Eckler out to the slot. You resign Mike Williams. I think L.A. has to be the number one on the most improved list because they actually have a chance to go all the way. And, a player, th- and a player that you didn't mention was Bryce Callahan, uh, who yeah. you chuck into the slot. And there's really not many holes on that Chargers mm-hmm. roster now. They were up there for me. I couldn't put them ahead of the Eagles solely because they had so many pieces already in place. And I feel like Khalil Mack at this point is a little bit more name than he is substance. Okay. Now, where that kind of having a, a Bosa brother on the other side of you mm-hmm. 
probably bring something out in him that you haven't seen when he was the only guy. Don't throw me Robert Quinn. I'll eviscerate that <laughs> argument. I love Robert too, but okay. Yeah. He, he doesn't really belong in the conversation with the other names I've already said. Oh, true. There, there's another team in that division though that it's it's so hard it's so hard for me to not have them. I, I want to put them one, and I considered putting them one. The Raiders. It's the Raiders. Yeah. And now you got to understand the there, there are two different kinds of most improved team, and I love that we, we didn't talk about this before the show. We tend to do these things. We want the reaction to be organic, so right. we do our own prep, and then we come here to fraternize with you, and and you get to hear our reactions to the things each other says. Right. I love that you said this the way that you did, because to me, there's two different kinds of improved teams. There are teams that improved, and this is a building block to you being a, a contender two to four years from now. Yeah. I can't put those in, in this category. To me, there were three. The one you said with the Chargers, the Eagles, who were my one, and then the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Because now okay. I do look at the Raiders and go, is there a scenario where they win a Super Bowl? <laughs> yes, there is. I know you're going to disagree with me on that, but there is a path. There is a path. I will agree with you. I, I think it's a smaller window than the one with the Los Angeles Chargers, but and, and it is. But you started and look, still, I more, understand, impro still I, more improved by that measure than the Philadelphia Eagles in my mind. Well, and I understand that the, the Raiders made the playoffs and the Chargers didn't. I still think the Chargers roster last year was better than the Raiders. Mm -hmm. The Raiders were a sheer force of will team that, uh, with a special teams coach, made the playoffs. And now I look at, I like Josh McDaniels, and I include him in this. I think having that, solidifying the offense and it not being John Gruden. Gruden did a lot of great things in this league. Mm -hmm. Did a lot of bad things on the way out of this league. But the offense was still a little antiquated to me. Josh McDaniels is not going to run an antiquated offense in the NFL. And I look on the defensive side of the ball with Patrick Graham. He's not going to run an antiquated style of defense in this league right and then you look at all of the things that were built and when i watch a coordinator and i know i've i've just heaped praise on patrick graham but it's because i don't see coaches do this very often he took the nucleus of this team and went i'm going to mold my style to what they have because the biggest drawback of the raiders is was and will be there are scary parts of that defense things that bother me i, I don't know how great i feel about the corners i don't know what you're going to have deep with the safeties how do you mitigate that? Uh, you have Max Crosby, Crosby and Chandler Jones harassing quarterbacks. Right. That cures a lot of ills. And so for me, those three clearly pass anybody else that's in that contender range. Really? That kind of blows my mind because there's one team that I'm thinking about going, you know, if we're using this term. Oh, I have a feeling it's one of two teams and they play in the AFC and – there's going to be one problem with both of them. If you're you if you're using this term of who improved their window, who improved their chances to make a run at the Super Bowl title, there are there, there's not just one. There's a couple of them. Are they both in the AFC? They are in the both in the AFC. Is one of them the Denver Broncos? No. One okay. of them is not the Denver Broncos. Okay. I think there are a couple other teams. See, you said there are three. There are three at the top. Obviously, you believe that there are more improved teams than that. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, and I believe Denver's an improved but team. But you're saying most improved. I'm saying most improved that has made you a Super Bowl contender. Okay. Uh, when I did this list, I tried to think of all the teams that were vastly improved, in my opinion, over last year. I came up with a list of seven. 
Now, I felt like the Chargers and the Eagles were way at the top. I have the Raiders in that, but I feel like they're way at the top, too. The Raiders are on my list, but to me, they're not the three. To me, they're not the third most improved team after this offseason. And I will tell you coming up after the break who I think the third best team is, and we'll talk about the others who have improved in this 2022 NFL offseason. You're in the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Everyone's heard about the housing market and this being the best time to sell a house in years. But the same thing applies to cars. Whether you're looking to buy a car, trade in, or sell that car in the driveway collecting dust, Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville wants to buy your car. They have two on-site managers that work with Kelly Blue Book to give you top dollar for your vehicle. You can even have your car appraised instantly at AndersonNissan.com. Stop in and visit them today at 629 Brevard Road, Nashville, or call them at 828-365-1663. The Sportsocracy. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. And welcome back into the Ingles studio here on ESPN Asheville. It is the Sportsocracy. Check us out at thesportsocracy.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel so you can join us in the chat as we debate the most improved teams in the NFL in this offseason. Now, before the break, I said I'd, you know, I agree with you on the Raiders. The Raiders are up there. They're they're like fourth on my list of most improved teams this year. I think there's a window that they can win a title. My third, though, it, and you may rankle at this, but it's the Baltimore Ravens. I don't rankle at that at all. But here's the thing: I don't, I don't necessarily. I, I look, they're very improved. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think they're more likely to win a Super Bowl. But I already thought they were likely to win a Super Bowl. Okay. They were killed by injuries last absolutely. year. Absolutely. Th- their greatest ability this year will be their availability. Absolutely. The, and the fact that they're getting healthier, they're getting all of those pieces that they were missing last year back. I'm a huge believer in, J- in J.K. Dobbins. I think he's. That's well, he should be. I think he is like next wave running back superstar in this league. He's going to get all the tote in Baltimore that he can handle. And I think he's going to do fabulously at it. Now. J.K. Dobbins comes back. The other injuries get cleaned up. And you got Marcus Williams in Oh, I love the Marcus Williams move. Your defense became super scary. And you add that with Kyle Hamilton, who was clearly my number one player in this draft. Mm -hmm. People freaked out over his 40 time. Stop that. Mm -hmm. You got Tyler Linderbaum in the draft, so that makes the offensive line even better than it was. Yeah, I want you to think about this. uh, Baltimore wound up with two of my top eight uh prospects in this nfl draft it cost them marquise hollywood brown <laughs> that's it end of message when uh in consider that a win the rich get richer and, and and the dumb get dumber to me it's the the baltimore ravens they because i believe that they were a contender before before all of the injuries that that's why that i didn't have them on okay. my list because right. i yes i think they're very good and i to me they're the scariest team outside of cincinnati really to buffalo in the afc mm-hmm. and the chargers man that, good lord that conference is good yeah it is. i have a feeling after i thought about this in the break i have a feeling who your next team is going to be mm-hmm. and it's the same premise 
yes, they are, are improved, but they were in the Super Bowl last year, so I can't really say that they're more likely to win a Super Bowl. And as Bowl. always, you are so astute when it comes to figuring out where I'm going to go. Is Yeah, it's the, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals took care of their offensive line problems. You brought in Ted Karras. You brought in uh, Alex Kappa from my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I, I feel like I feel like you've done it. I feel like you did all of the things. That Lael Collins coming in, if he can, you know, obviously the off-the-field issues and suspensions and things like that, hopefully you don't have to deal with any of that while he's in Cincinnati, although the history of Cincinnati Bengals players would probably tell you that they're going to have to deal with a little bit of that from somebody. And why not it be Lael Collins? But if everything goes swimmingly, you fixed your offensive line, I have no qualms anymore. No, and I agree with that. Uh, and and maybe I took the 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 assignment here in a little different path. Of these are the teams that I feel the most. I feel I hate to use this term because it's not it's not real words. The teams I feel more better about. I do that sometimes. It's intentional. It, uh, it's not that I can't speak. <laughs> that I feel better about going right. into this season. Yes. And for me, that's the Raiders, the Eagles, mm-hmm. uh, and the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Now, those two teams, vastly improved. There were two more that you could have said, also vastly improved. Problem is, I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. It's the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos. Yep. Uh, there's one team that I'm shocked you did not say. Now, and there's, there's uh, a team that made my list that I thought for sure was going to be on your list. Now, this is where the separation comes. <laughs> there are two teams that I think did a great job. They're vastly improved. But you're not really going to see the the fruits of this labor for two to four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick Vitale in our YouTube comments said, I believe the Jets are going to make a huge jump this year. My bold take is the Jets will make this playoff, make the playoffs this year because their O-line and D-line are better. I can't get that far. They are vastly improved. Mm-hmm. The talent on that team, exponentially better. But I don't think you're there yet. You're, you're not challenging for division titles. You're not challenging for conference titles. They're exponentially better. This is probably the most excited I've been going into a season to be a Jets fan in over 10 years. Mm-hmm. They're drastically better. Yep. But they're also really young. And when I say really young, I mean, I want you to go to that roster. Do you realize how many players are going to serve really any kind of role that are over 29 years old? How many? It's one. That's it? It's one. So the the youth of them scares me. And the other one that I really like is the Detroit Lions. The Lions now have an offense that should keep you awake at night. Mm-hmm. The problem there is you're not going to have Jamison Williams back until probably around Thanksgiving. And I feel like this is a feeling it out year. You're trying to figure out how many pieces of the defense are long range actual solutions. How many things are we going to have to address? Is Jeff Akuda actually going to be a part of this team when we get to the competitive point? I think they're going to be tough to play. I think they're going to keep defensive coordinators awake at night because the weapons on that team are insane. Mm -hmm. But they're not threatening for the division. And I think when you see the improvement will be next year. These guys are in their sophomore season, and now, oh, oh, that offense is horrifying. I wanted to have the Denver Broncos higher. I wanted to have them higher. I just can't. I, I can't, I can't because you got a first-time head coach. You did nothing to a defense that was not very good. And look, I I'm still say nothing. Randy Gregory is going to be. I mean, that's going to be a great 
pass yes, rushing he will be tandem. The, yes, he will be the most overpaid player in the NFL one year from now. <laughs> Randy Gregory I don't love and, Randy Gregory, and I never have. Randy and, Gregory, and now you're standing him up, that makes me even more nervous. Yeah, him and Bradley Chubb, That's uh, I think that's going to be a tandem that works. It's going to scare people. The problem is your division got better, and I don't see you there will be in a Super Bowl window. There it is. Yeah. I, look, I'm not saying this team's not good. If they were in the... I'm trying to, if they were in the NFC East, they'd win that division by three full games. Mm-hmm. But you're not. And I have to look at that too and just go, every team in your division got better except the Chiefs. I don't think you got be- I don't think you got better to a point where you have now caught and especially not passed them. So I mean, yes, Denver is is markedly improved. What I have said about Denver is I feel like Russell Wilson, all he did was move a little bit south, and he's gonna be looking around going, Man, this is the exact same team I was with before. And now I'm in the best division in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. I wish they had done more. I feel like they have a lot of players that sound really good in principle. Like Bradley Chubb sounds really good in principle. Mm-hmm. He's never really shown that. He's never been that guy. I mean, he had, he had a hell of a rookie year, mm-hmm. if I remember back. And, and then and then and and then it hasn't, uh, and then end it of hasn't jumped off the page. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just for posterity's sake, he's been. How many years has he been in the league? Four. This will be his fifth. Yeah. He had 12 sacks in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. The three years since, how many does he have combined? 11. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. That's not good. He's been hurt a lot. Right. When he's on the field, he's fine. But when you. Now we're two very injury prone seasons. Now you don't have Von Miller. No, you Most have Most of what I have. And see, I don't. I'm not sold on that. Randy Gregory had Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. Now he is the scariest of your two pass rushers. And he's learning a new position because he's going to have to stand up. I'm just not wild about any of these things. I'm not saying it's not going to be good. Right. I'm just saying, all right, you're you're putting Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb into the same vein as Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. No, you are not even in the ballpark. No, you misunderstand. Uh, it's going to be good. It ain't gonna be that good. It's gonna. It be ain't good. gonna be Chandler be. Jones, Max Crosby. It's not gonna be the Bosa. You know, it, no. And I would say I, I feel like Denver belongs. Denver and Miami both. I feel like they belong in that same conversation with the Jets and the Lions. Mm-hmm. I understand the two different teams. I just the the AFC is gonna sort itself out. This will be a crazy competitive year for the AFC. These things are all cyclical. A year from now, you'll be looking at a few of these teams going, whoa, hey, you aged like milk. Mm -hmm. New England. And then the separation will take hold. And then Denver can build more of a team around Russell Wilson. I mean, because he's still long for this league. Russell's taking very good care of himself. This is not like a two-year window. Despite the fact he's one of the most hit quarterbacks in the league. But he's still taking very good care of himself. He's still in very good shape, not had a lot of injury issues. And so I think a year from now, they will be – you'll be looking at the fruits of the labor a year from now. Mm Mm-hmm. And people grossly undervalue first-year head coach. Now, Miami, I still come back to Tua. I get that you added uh, Tyreek Hill and just a slew of running backs, which mm-hmm. that and a dollar will get you a Coke. Uh, you know how I feel about running backs. So right. But you also improved. There 200 of them in this league. They also improved the offensive line with Teron Armstead and Connor Williams. Injury issues, with, injury issues with Teron Armstead, Connor Williams learning a new position mm-hmm. because he's playing center, not guard. Mm-hmm. You added a pass rusher in Melvin Ingram. I mean, I know it's not. It's yeah, not Melvin the, Ingram worked phenomenally with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Other than that, it's not been all that impressive. <laughs> Look, they have things that are good. Right, right. But you got to remember, this is a young team that tried to take four steps up the ladder. 
by trading for Tyreek Hill. The problem is that if you look around the AFC, half of the conference did the same thing. You got nowhere to go. And you have a you have a big yeah butt to me into a tongue of Iloa, mm-hmm. which is what scares me there. Absolutely. Uh, your Jets, I feel like we've uh, undersold them. They are one of the most improved teams in oh, the yeah. NFL. Oh, yeah. And, and that's, why well. I call, that's why we don't call them my Jets. Right. They're, they're not my Jets. You're yeah. saying that wrong. Oh, excuse me. They're my 2027 Super Bowl <laughs> champion. Jets, 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 Jets. Uh, I do love the additions that you made. And you had a, probably one of the greatest drafts in the history of the NFL. Ever. Of all time. Mm-hmm. In the world. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. A few years, we're going to be looking back and we'll say that Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, uh, Brees Hall. Hall, that could be one of the greatest combinations of first four picks in a draft ever. The New York Jets and the Detroit Lions could look back at this offseason and go, this is where we broke the stigma of the same old Jets and the Lions being the Lions. Mm-hmm. It's the, I just think it's going to take a year. It's the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. We got weird news coming up next. And uh, we're going to talk about the least improved teams. And one of the dumbest things I think has been said this entire NFL offseason. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a Southern Hospitality Touch. There's a lot of talk about heroes these days. Hey, buddy, you want to go fishing? The folks in the funny outfits with superpowers and spandex. All right, buddy, let me help you. But at Ingles, we know that a lot of our heroes, now you look like a pro, are a little closer to home. They're the ones who give us what we need for those everyday adventures. That's why we look up to the ones who look out for us. Don't forget your fish food. Catch a big one. Ingles, all the ingredients for family. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. And welcome back into the sportsocracy. Time to get weird, and it's time to go to the movies, because there's uh, there's a new movie out. There's a new movie out. There's a new Minions movie. Now, Jeremy, I know you're not a big movie fan. You're not a big movie guy, but you know what the Minions are, right? You are just little girl. Oh, he can do the groove voice. I can. I like it. I like it. Uh, so, yeah, it's the whole, you know, Despicable Me franchise. And the new Minions movie is out. It's the rise of Gru. It's the, you know, the story of Gru. The last one that was out was the story of the, it was the Minion story, and it was about little Gru. And now they're progressing the story now to the rise of Gru into the superhero or the supervillain that he is. Well, you know, kids who saw that movie five to seven years ago was right in the heyday of all of the Despicable Me. These Gen Z people, they're they're still caught in their you know childhood remembrance of the Minions. But now they're teenagers, and now they're annoying, and they do stuff that's going to piss everybody off when they go to the movie theater. I get it because I was a kid at that time and I did stupid things at the movie theater as well. But oh, now, it's shocking that I'm still alive. Yeah, but now that I'm grown and I have children of my own and I want to go to the movie and enjoy it, the teenagers who like to do the things that I used to do really get on my nerves. Well, apparently this is a big 
trend now on TikTok is all of these Gen Zs who grew up as young little kids with the Gru and the Minions movies. They're now going to the movie theater and they're dressing like Minions and they're acting like the Minions characters. If you're not familiar with the story and and all of the Minions, they're just they're they're funny little innocent characters, but they do dangerous and stupid and annoying stuff. Correct. All the time, incessantly. And now there's this trend that's hashtag gentle minions, and these teenagers will dress up in minions costumes, go to the movie theater, act stupid, interrupt the movie for everybody, be belligerent with the staff, and just do dumb things and destroy property and throw things and all of this. There are now movie theaters around the world that are refusing to show the minions movie because these throngs of teenagers are showing up and interrupting the movie. But they've also some that are like well we still have to have the movie for everybody else to come and enjoy now they have a no minions costumes policy if if, <laughs> if a trend starts I, this is going to be some 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 old man advice from someone that was a young jerk himself if the trend starts on tiktok don't do it just don't do it that's why people were drinking like apple cider vinegar and balsamic vinegar a few weeks ago saying, oh, it tastes like Coke. Yep. Yeah, and it will rot your teeth out of your head. Don't do TikTok things. And I mean, here's, here's one from the Mallard Cinema manager, Daniel Phillips Smith, who says, it's been absolutely heartbreaking. We've had families who won't even go back into the screening when we've tried to deal with whatever disruption these teenagers are causing. We try to sort it out, and the families are leaving before the film's even started. And of course, along with the parents who are ticked off that they paid for this movie and they can't even enjoy it, they can't even enjoy the the the, the, the previews because these teenagers are out here causing problems, they're dragging their six and below children screaming and crying from the movie theater because of it. It's a traumatic experience when you have a kid that won't behave in a movie theater. I've been there. I tried to take two little two little twin boys to a to a movie one time, and it did not go swimmingly. It, it didn't. It and didn't go was, well. And that was without everybody, you know, anybody else, any outside interference of people trying to cause problems. So, look, teenagers, if you're if you're in the sound of my voice, we get it. You think you're funny, but we don't think you're funny. Yeah, don't be jerks. <laughs> Your music sucks. Most of the things you think are not great. Like, right. okay, just when you're when you're thirty, you'll oh, understand. Right. Don't ruin the movie experience for everybody. Florida is struggling uh, with odd things. Last week, a gigantic python was pulled from the brush of the Florida Everglades, one of the biggest snakes ever on record. Mm. Now they have a new problem. Giant snails. These things are called gals. G-A-L-S. It's an invasive species of snail. That apparently has no natural predators. Nothing will eat this thing because it will make virtually any animal sick. And it'll eat practically anything. Oh, no. Any form of vegetation this thing will eat. They're native to East Africa. But they have become a tremendous problem in Florida. To the point of there have had to be complete restrictions in Florida on mowing your lawn watering your grass and your plants and other landscaping things because that's what these things want they want humid wet murky places florida's perfect place for that uh, correct that's how <laughs> they wound up here uh so now they are fertilizing plants with a pesticide that is not harmful to other animals but apparently will kill this thing 
Thank God. Snails are gross. Here's the most unsettling part. If you touch one of these things, they carry meningitis. Holy so if smokes. you touch one and just go, oh, look, a snail. If it runs across any of your skin, you can contract meningitis or rat lungworm. Yikes. Which I don't know what that is. Mm-mm, sounds bad. I don't like any of those words, nope. and I really don't like them together. Yeah. Rat. Rat wor- lungworm. Ugh. Is that the three worst words you can put together? Pretty much. That's. I mean, I'm sure there's worse, but uh, I don't know yeah. what it is. I mean, it's not three words, but ketchup popsicle. I mean, that <sighs> comes close. Rat lungworm, worse than ketchup popsicle. <laughs> Much like snails that, uh, you know, invasive snails that eat anything, that's pretty much how I was uh, before I found the Ph.D. weight loss program. Segway. Yeah, exactly. That's how that works. The Ph.D. weight loss program has helped me uh, take stock of my life and figure out what is actually important because as a guy who's getting ready to turn 40 years old, I didn't want to turn 40 years old and be as overweight as I was in threat of all of the health problems that I'm going to face in my later years if I continue to be 300 plus pounds, 350 pounds at one point in my life, I need to get a handle on it. And PhD weight loss program came along and said, hey, we've got this program that's going to give you great nutrition and we'll be able to help you shed the pounds quickly. And in just over 30 weeks, I'm down 77 pounds. My problem was that I had become very lazy. Lazy in my athletic habits and lazy in my eating habits. I was eating things that were convenient, and it was leading to me being less active. I've always been an athletic type. I love playing golf, and I had gotten to a point where it was killing my knees, it was hurting my back, and I wasn't sleeping well. So the program at PhD, I've gotten back down to my high school weight. I'm sleeping like a baby, and I'm playing golf three times a week. And it's all thanks to the program nutrition at PhD Weight Loss. I am now under 220 pounds, and I think it's safe to say PhD has helped save my life, or at least extend my life, by a great deal. They can do the same for you. Go to myphdweightloss.com. PhD Weight Loss, the official weight loss program of the Clemson Tigers and their fans talking about the least improved teams in the nfl jeremy um is there one that has just run away with it do you have one that's just worse than they could ever possibly have imagined and now this one i did kind of the same way who do i look at now as much less of a threat to be an actual contender than i did before okay and so for me yeah there's one that has run away Mm -hmm. it's the dallas cowboys Hmm. The loss of Amari Cooper, the loss of pieces on the offensive line, I can understand they would be on the in that category for you. Here's my question. What did this team get better at? Where across this entire roster are you better than you were a year ago? I can't answer that question. Oh, I mean, even if you go, well, Tyler Smith, he's a great rookie and everybody loves him and he's playing guard. Okay. You replace Connor Williams who, yes, he was penalized a lot, but he was a pretty steady force, Mm -hmm. and Lyle Collins turned into Terrence Steele. Nope, that's not an improvement. Nope. Pass rushers, you replaced Randy Gregory with Dante Fowler. Ooh. I I mean, trusting Dante Fowler is kind of like knowing things about the Clintons. Mm -hmm. It does not tend to end well for you. Wide receiver, Amari Cooper's gone, and you brought in James Washington? Woo. Yay. And Jalen Tolbert. All right. All right. You, you know, they weren't on my original list, but you have convinced me. Dallas Cowboys fall into that category. The Cowboys are just the one that I look at and go, I have been burned by this team a lot. All right. I, I have routinely said they're very talented. But then when they signed the Dak deal, 
the atrophy's coming. And it came fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at how many pieces they that they're missing. I thought this would be the year that CeeDee Lamb would pass Amari Cooper as the true one. But having Cooper on the other side would be very beneficial to him to get him used to number one coverage. Because I thought he was better than Amari Cooper last year from a talent standpoint. Promise he didn't get number one coverage as often as you would want for a guy that is now going to be the unquestioned, no doubt, number one weapon in this offense. Dallas Cowboys on the board as one of the least improved teams in the NFL this offseason. Um, you know, I took this to mean more literally of who is just drastically worse than they were last year. And it starts to me with two teams, and they both lost their quarterbacks. One of them is the Atlanta Falcons, because obviously Matty Ice is gone and Calvin Ridley was dumb. Betted on football, and now he's suspended for a year. You just got infinitely worse than you were last year, and you weren't a great team to begin with. So this isn't about a championship window closing or a contender closing or anything like that. To me, it's just they are the worst team in the NFL, possibly. Uh, Chicago Bears would love a word. Agreed. 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 They're on my, my list, too. Well, my thing with <laughs> Chicago, I don't, or with Atlanta, excuse me, I don't think they're drastically worse. That team wasn't good in the first place. Mm-hmm. But it you, wasn't good with Matt Ryan. Yeah. How much worse do you, actually th- do you actually think they're going to be now? Number one pick. They're number one pick level. And see, I don't really see that. To me, it's a discussion between three teams. A Seattle Seahawks, Chicago Bears. End of message. Atlanta Falcons. And see, I don't see Atlanta down because you have two threats at quarterback. Mm. Well, the threats. It, well, you have Mariota that's comfortable in this system, and Desmond Ritter, whose ceiling is being what Marcus Mariota was supposed to be. I have seen Arthur Smith put together a cognitive offense with less. I mean, Drake London's an improvement over any receiver that played on this team last year. Yeah, and it's not even close to me. I mean, except for Calvin, uh, who played an hour. Mm-hmm. And then it got upset and left and apparently developed a gambling habit. Right. I just don't see a drastic drop-off there. I liked a lot of what they did in the draft. They had some good young pieces. I just don't see Atlanta that way. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'll i be honest with you. I can see a path that Atlanta looks at this offseason and goes, this, this was the start of something. I could see Desmond Ritter being the quarterback of the future there. Matt Ryan did not fit what this team wanted to do in the least. Mm -hmm. They got the pick for him, moved on. You're not going to be good, but I don't think you're drastically worse than you were last year. My other least improved, uh, I guess at the top of the list of least improved. This one I could probably agree with. Is the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, that one I'll agree with. The Seattle Seahawks lose Russell Wilson, and you've created all of, or maybe you didn't create it, but you've just had all of this drama with DK Metcalf. Does he want to be here? Does he not want to be here? Are we trading him or are we not going to trade him? Are we going to pay him or are we not going to pay him? All of this stuff. And what do you have left around those two things? Minus Russ, drama with DK, and then there's nothing else we're talking about with this team. you got Chris Carson, who's not going to play ever again, apparently. Yeah, his neck does not look good. And that's not good, and I'm not saying that's their fault as an organization or anything like that. I'm just saying, I mean, that's 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 one of those breaks that an NFL team doesn't want. And you, you lost DJ Reed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you, you lost pieces, and you yeah. added things back that I like. I don't even really care about that. You should. He was one of the top ten corners in the league, and guess who he plays for now? <laughs> My 2027 I knew he'd swing it Super away. Bowl champion, New York Jets! I knew he'd find a way to swing that back to his favor. But, I, look, I, I mean, this was a bad defense anyway, so the the loss of DJ Reed obviously is going to hurt, but it's they were bad anyway. 
and I agree. I, I'm just you can't go from Russell Wilson to Geno Smith and Drew Locke dueling it out. Hundred percent. But I never saw them as a threat anyway. I, I've been off the Seahawk bandwagon for years. Mm-hmm. I just don't see you as a threat. You have an aging coach that has a very antiquated way of playing defense that doesn't seem to be ready to conform, and for whatever reason, you're not ready to have the divorce. That's just a team that's in neutral to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like anything that they've – I shouldn't say that. I like a couple of the pieces they've added. They're long-term plays, and they're sitting around going, hey, which one of those quarterbacks are we going to like the most next year? Because the two teams that are going to be competing with us the most already have young quarterbacks they like. Right. I know you're going to get mad at me for this. You're going to get mad at me for saying this. One of the one of the most one of the least improved teams this year. It's Green Bay. Because 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 of the absence of Devontae Adams. And that to me it's. Look, do I still trust Aaron Rodgers? Are they still atop my, the NFC and the power rankings and all of that? Yes, absolutely they are. But we need to think about things that teams lost this year. I, see, I, and I can't figure out how you say the Green Bay Packers before you say the Kansas City Chiefs. No, no, you no. Both, I'm, not, I'm not putting them like they're – this is not more or least improved. This is just – because we've talked about the, the Kansas City Chiefs. We've talked about the Kansas City Chiefs taking a step back. I'm just – you know, Green Bay – And see, I can't they, agree they deserve with you. an honorable mention. And see, me. I can't agree with you. They lost one player. They lost now. Granted, lost it's Darius a great Smith player. I, I don't care. Okay. I mean, you still have Preston Smith, and you got Rashawn Gary. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Zadarius. It's been real. It's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. Right. I think there is a path that Green Bay has the best defense in the NFL. Possibly. It is virtually impossible for me to look at that and go, "You belong on the least improved." No, mm-hmm. this team's good. This team's drafted well. I know they haven't prioritized wide receiver. But that kind of falls in line. You traded a wide receiver for two ones and two twos. A win. Yeah. I, I'm fine with that. You got fair market value. Now, if, and now if Devontae Adams had just walked out the door, now I have a problem. Mm-hmm. But I've said this with Green Bay. I think that receiving core is still dynamic. Now, you're going to have to get exponentially more creative because now you don't have the guy that one-on-one can take on your number one corner, consistently win. But I still got Aaron Rodgers. So I'm just not overly worried about that. But did they improve their chances of winning a Super Bowl this offseason? You're not going to like my answer. I'm not, if it's going to be yes. It's yes. Stop that. That defense is really, really, really good. Well, they were good last year. Not like this. You got Eric Stokes coming into his own. I'm telling you right now, anybody around that <laughs> anybody around that team, the first name they say is Eric Stokes. Mm-hmm. There are people around that team that think he's going to be better than Jair Alexander. Now, to me, that just sounds insane. But it tells me a lot when we get to this period. And anytime I talk to a beat writer or a podcaster or anybody that knows that team better than I do, and that's the first name they say, he's going to be really good. I can, And that was, only, that was one of the only drawbacks I had of them in the first place. Mm-hmm. I can remember last year when we were talking about this Green Bay Packers team, and I kept saying Eric Stokes' name, and you kept going, ah, pfft. Ah, he's a rookie. I told you he was good. Well, rookie corners always make me oh, nervous, sure, and I tend sure, to be right. Sure, sure. I'm not. And look, I'm not. I'm not saying I called my shot on this thing because I think. I think you know, if he does become better than Jair Alexander, he will have exceeded my expectations for his NFL career. But I don't see where they got that much better. And the fact that they lost Devontae Adams, I think their Super Bowl chances took a hit. 
Now, could they win one? Absolutely. And see, I don't really agree with you. Okay. I, I'm looking at, uh, okay, so you're talking about the, the subtraction of Devontae Adams. Yes. I could argue the addition of David Bakhtiari is every bit as important, if not more so. Played one game last year mm-hmm. in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got him back. Uh, are you healthy? Okay, let's ride. Uh, I got plenty of guys that can do things with the ball in their hand once they get it there. Now I'm going to get it to you. I, that's going to be a little dicey. Right. I'm going to have to figure out how to generate your touches. But there's another team that I just feel like took a significant step back. And after the break, I'll tell you who that is. You're in the sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. Everyone's heard about the housing market and this being the best time to sell a house in years. But the same thing applies to cars. Whether you're looking to buy a car, trade in, or sell that car in the driveway collecting dust, Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville wants to buy your car. They have two on-site managers that work with Kelly Blue Book to give you top dollar for your vehicle. You can even have your car appraised instantly at AndersonNissan.com. Stop in and visit them today at 629 Brevard Road, Nashville, or call them at 828-365-1663. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. The Sportsocracy. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. All right, we got one more least improved team in the 2022 NFL offseason to get to before the uh, Sports Center update at the top of the hour here. Where I gristle at your your your, your Packers least improved, uh-huh. I don't feel like you can say them without saying the Kansas City Chiefs. Agreed. Because I feel like Green Bay's better at everything than Kansas City is. Uh, and I didn't have either one of them on my list. And, and I've said I, I, I'm not nearly as in love with Kansas City as I was. I would say everything except for the weapons. I be- I still believe Kansas City's <laughs> weapons are better in the passing game. Not running the ball, obviously. I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, you have Travis Kelsey and then a bunch of dudes. You're, you're, count- you're counting on the TikTok Prince Juju Smith-Schuster Juju, yeah, to be your guy. Resurgence. I'm not sure about that. He's better than Sammy. Mm yeah he is and right now i'll take miko hardman over christian watson i don't know that i agree with you there. okay all right i don't know that i agree with you there i feel like you have this impression that christian watson has like 10 thumbs and he's scared of footballs and one gets thrown his way and he just bats it to the ground maybe you will that's you know, not exactly how that's gonna go you don't know there's one team that i just feel like has taken a great regression and it's it's been death by a thousand paper cuts you lose guys that know the system, whether they're coaches, whether they're players, and now you're left with this team that I don't really see what it is that you do well. And it's the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Bill's defense is predicated on good play in the secondary. Your one is probably Jalen Mills. Now, we'll tell you this, and and this is, this is an olive branch to Patriots fans. I always feel like if I take a dig at New England, I have to say something nice. You, you remember... When we were coming through the draft process and I said New England was just drunk in love on Jack Jones and somehow he was going to wound up there? Yeah. Yeah, he may be the second starter for this team. I've heard that from two different places, that he was the guy that just jumped off the page. Like, he is really, really talented. Okay. 
But I look at that defense and go, with with Mac Jones, I get that they're going to be able to run the ball. My fear is that the defense is not going to be able to put the fear in teams that it used to. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to be a grinded out, throw the ball 27 times a game, less challenges down the field because that's not really what Mac Jones does when you're not just an oppressive defense. And I'm not telling you I think this defense will be bad. I just don't think they do anything overly well. Like, tell me something they do without saying Matthew Judon's name that they do really well. I mean, they don't they don't give up the run that much. Christian Barmore is a hell of a defensive tackle. He's run fine. Stuffer. He's fine. He's a, he's he's fine. He's but he but again he's in that Belichick stride of and, and see my I, problem. I got there you is, to do a job. You need to do the job. And guess what? This guy does the job. And see my problem with that is that then I look at the offensive or the uh, the, the defensive backfield and just go. You don't have that guy you can count on. You line up against Buffalo, you got Stefan Diggs. You line up against Miami, you got Tyreek Hill. You line up against the Jets, you got, I'm going to say Elijah Moore, but the more I hear things out of New York, the more I'm thinking it might be Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. Who stops that guy? That's what Bill has always done. Take away what you want to do. I don't know that he has the horses to do that anymore. He doesn't. And it completely changes all of the Belichickian ways. He used to have Stefan Gilmore. He used to have J.C. Jackson. And now if you're counting on Jalen Mills to be that guy, we've seen he's not that guy. And look, I think there are young pieces. I, I do, as I said, I do like Jack Jones. I like Marcus Jones coming out of the slot. I just feel like this is the convocation of you have drafted so poorly for so long that you don't have that next man up. Your next man up is like a high-level USFL, low-level practice squad player, and now you're going to be counting on some of those guys in important positions. Mm -hmm. The thing that I hate most about the New England Patriots offseason is you go, let's start with the best addition of the offseason for this team. Devontae Parker. Parker. Thanks and good night. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green, Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets and Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. And we are live in the Ingalls studio here on ESPN Asheville for the third hour of the Sportsocracy. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, locally here on 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. And you can see us everywhere on YouTube, thesportsocracy.com. Click on the live video link. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel so you can get into the chat with us. You can also join the House of Reprehensibles, a nominal monthly fee. We'll get you into, uh, you know, all kinds of content that, well, we actually haven't even created yet. Uh, but <laughs> you get the little mug by your name in the chat, in the comment section. And-, and you'll have access to our reprehensible takes that start next week. If you watched our uncensored third happy uh, third hour on YouTube exclusively, which we called the happy hour, which is now this here hour, we will be putting out uncensored takes that look very similar to that, that you have to be members of the House of Reprehensibles, which is our YouTube membership group, to see. We've had a lot covered on the first two hours of the program today. Most and least improved teams in the NFL for this 2022 offseason. The whole first hour, we focused on the big news of the day, Baker Mayfield going to the Carolina Panthers. If you're just joining us, yes, that was the breaking news this afternoon. The Carolina Panthers have pulled off the deal with the Cleveland Browns, sending them a fifth-round pick, a conditional fifth-round pick that could become a four, depending on playing time and all that. 
and they're picking up $5 million of the salary. That's it. So whether you agree with the uh, pickup or you disagree with the pickup, at least it didn't cost you an arm and a leg. And you've got, you know, what, $24 million invested in your quarterback position this year? Granted, it's not great, but you're also paying, you know, nothing for it in the terms of, you know, what teams spend on quarterbacks these days. The question asked in the comment section, was Baker Mayfield the trade a good one for the Panthers? And 59% say yes, 41% say no. I would be on the no side of that, but I, I mean, I understand why you did it. I just don't really think there's an end game to it. Our 12 Bones Smokehouse and Brewery question of the day today on social media was best NFL throwback uniform. And this comes from an article that was written by Jeff Kerr on CBS Sports, where he basically ranked all of the throwback jerseys. This year, the one shell rule goes away. If you remember, that was, I always called this the Antonio Brown rule of he wanted to wear the same helmet and blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, now they've gotten rid of that. You don't have to practice with the same helmet that you wear in games, which brings back the throwbacks. Indeed. Which got us down a path of what are the best throwbacks we've ever seen? Mm -hmm. So that will be today's Daily Draft. That's right. It's draft time. The Daily Draft. We will be doing throwbacks, best throwback uniforms in the history of sports. And we have not predestined that. I will bet anything that anyone wants to wager with me. Tank won yesterday's, mm -hmm. which was best 4th of July cookout. Mm -hmm. I bet I know what his first pick is. Well, I And you mean... might or might not be wearing it right now. <laughs> which we didn't plan, I promise. I mean, we did not plan this. I came in today with my throwback Tampa Bay uh, cream sickles jersey on and saw on the board best throwback jerseys. And I went, well, hell. I'm already wearing it. This is a great topic for the day. So with the number one pick in the best throwback uniforms in the history of sports, of course, number one pick, it's the Tampa Bay Creamsicles. You may not have a winning record or anything close to a winning record with these jerseys, but that doesn't matter. As long as you look good, then you feel good. And I still feel like of all logos in the history of time, none have been better than the plumed pirate, Bucko Bruce. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little salty at losing 4th of July cookout because I had fireworks, which to me just means the rest of it doesn't matter because that's all that really matters. Mm -hmm. Somehow, I lost that. But I got to do it when this topic came up. I went, I bet I know who it takes first. Yep. And that takes away the burn of losing because now I get two back-to-back -back picks. <laughs> and for me, this was not all that hard. Okay. Because I have to take into account what you would possibly do. I'm gonna God get my it, number I didn't one. Think on, about it this way. Well, I'm gonna get my number one on the board, which is the powder blue Chargers oh. throwbacks, which is the ultimate throwback of it all is. time. It is one of the only jerseys I would ever wear. It's number two because I don't wear jerseys at all. Yeah, but if I did, that would be one. And my, then that was that's my number one on the board. I, and this is like Oklahoma City. Chad Holmgren fell in my lap. I'm feeling pretty good. That That's one of the greatest. And look, I mean, if you can, I'm a sucker for light blue. I'm a sucker for Carolina blue, baby blue, whatever you want to call it. Powder blue jerseys. That's, that's the way to go. I used to, my prized possession years ago was a Ladanian Tomlinson powder blue jersey. It was the greatest thing I thought on the planet. I wore that jersey until the numbers fell off of it. That's ironic that you said that. 
Because with my second pick, this is all throwbacks of all time. Yes. This is not just confined to the NFL, which means I have all of the other sports. And there is a team that you are pretty biased to no. that had no. a really sweet no you're not i'm with my no, second pick not. going 90 charlotte hornets oh no no oh i have done this completely wrong you were never gonna take the cream sickles no. why did i take them no. first no i wasn't they, I, they were not going to be either of my cro- first two picks never crossed my mind that you were gonna snape me on the greatest basketball uniform of all time the teal jerseys with the multicolored pinstripes and see now for the youtube audience you can see that i have a little draft board here and uh at the top of this here board it said 90s hornets no matter what oh so he went vante mac on me so dang it i am feeling footloose and fancy free after my loss yesterday i aired in that in the words of Indiana Jones, you chose poorly. I did. I did. But, I mean, there are many great throwback uniforms Absolutely. in the history of time. You can and still so come back. I still have a lot. Okay. I just, you know, have like 14 that I feel really good about, That's... and one of them I feel very sure you're not thinking of. Well, that has thrown a, a wrench into my... Wow. Hornet. I can't believe you snaked me on the Hornets there. All right. Well, my number two pick then has to be... Oh, there's no doubt. I mean... Let's just take a little trip down I-85, shall we? I know, again, not a historic, you know, a historically great franchise, but I will say, of all the times, of all the uniforms in the history of the NFL, those red helmet, black jersey, Atlanta Falcons uniforms, killer. And I love the fact that they're bringing them back this year. Reach. Not- <laughs> it was on my list. Don't get me wrong. I was looking at that as a value pick a couple rounds from now. But oh, through really? two rounds, a couple of rounds through through two rounds, I'm 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 feeling pretty. So good. I pulled the old Bill Belichick, Cole Strange on you here. Yep. Ah, oh, nice. All right, and uh, not much you could do here after the Dion Jeff George era Atlanta Falcons. Oh, Patriot Pat, New England Patriots jersey the the red jerseys with the patriot pat helmet it's just a classic look i'm gonna have to channel uh a phrase that i've said on this show a lot and i'm gonna have to change the words a little bit okay why did you take the damn pants (laughs) that was the one i thought you weren't thinking of yes yes Oh, that, that's a classic that's, look. It is. It's and, and it was going to pain me to take New England, but I was still going to do well, it. See, I did you a favor. You, you don't have to worry. You about know that. what? You know what? I rescind it. Yeah. I feel better about that. Yeah. See, now you can take your New York Titans throwbacks. I considered that one because that one is sweet, but they didn't wear it long. Yeah, that's true. My third overall pick. You know, you were talking about powder blue. This is actually the one I thought you were going to snake me on. So the yeah. sheer fact they fell on my lap is dumbfounding. Okay. Me. It's the old classic Houston Oilers. Oh, yeah. The Earl Campbell, Warren Moon, sweet Oilers throwback. You know, for some reason, that just never did it for me. Oh, I love that look. I, the, the Tennessee Titans should wear that as a throwback. The Houston Texans, you're not allowed. To, uh, no. Right. Just because you're in the same city, you're not the same team, you don't get to wear them. That was a good one. It wasn't one of my favorite main jerseys that used the powder blues, but... I, Okay, I could see that. Houston Oilers. And this is Good one choice. that I know this is one of your favorite players of all time, donned this jersey. Mm-hmm. 
And so with my fourth selection, I am going to take the Vince Carter purple Barney the Dinosaur Toronto Raptors jersey. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm looking at this going, you want to play good. You try to play good. And I think I played pretty good. You played pretty good. You played pretty good. You put together quite a list there. So the Dino jersey. Oh, yeah. the, the, The sweet Barney the Dinosaur. Yeah. That is a good one as well. So it's back around to me. You've got me thinking in NBA now. I mean, there's like there's some good ones in the NBA too. I mean, like I think back to the like the Chicago Bulls with the Chicago cursive writing on the front of it. Those were pretty snazzy. There've been some good Nets uniforms as well in the past, but oh, I got it. Shaq, Penny, Orlando Magic Blacks with the white pinstripes. Something about that era in time of just, they were so cool. They were such the great tandem between the two of them. Shaq breaking backboards, and it was like a fierce look. That's a good one. Yeah. And that's that's a I good one. I feel pretty solid in that. Uh, now, something we added to this after yesterday. Like I said, this is a segment that is ever-evolving. Uh, this was a, a fan-generated topic. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go rapid-fire back and forth to fill out our our draft teams okay um houston astros i'm going baseball on you houston astros rainbow jerseys i know they weren't that popular much like the cream sickles it's all kind of in that same like orange vein i know there are people who hate the color orange anyway but the gradient uh yellow white to yellow to orange to dark orange astros rainbows beautiful your team is very orange and red yeah mine's very powder blue so i'm gonna uh, there you took one that there was virtually no shot of me taking mm-hmm. uh kelly green philadelphia eagles the uh mark Wahlberg invincible yeah randall cunningham kelly green philadelphia eagles with the silver wing on the side yeah. of the helmet yep okay i dig that and then i'm gonna go I, you know what i don't have enough powder blue i don't have enough powder blue and so i'm gonna i'm gonna do something that might be a little beyond are you gonna cheat I'm going to cheat. I think I'm going to cheat because I'm going to take a whole bunch of jerseys. I'm taking a whole mess of jerseys. I'm going to take the entire light blue, powder blue era of Major League Baseball. So you're going Braves, Phillies. All of them. Twins did it. The Rangers. The Cardinals was the coolest one to me. The the bat with the birds on it and the Cardinals script across the front. And it was the – all of them were light blue based. Even if you didn't have light blue in your logo, you were still for some reason wearing a light blue jersey. And I loved that, especially for the, the time that it was in. Hmm. I'm going to allow you to cheat okay. solely because I feel like I have absolutely drug you on this. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll, I had – I have four left here. Miami, the, the Miami Dolphins, the the classic Marino look. That's not the, bad. The orange crushed Denver Broncos. Yeah. But you know what? I'm going to go off the board here. I'm going to go old school Vancouver Grizzlies. Oh, the The Bryant Reeves with like the big bear, the Kodiak bear with his claw oh, out. Yeah, it had like the totem pole stuff around the, the, the trim. Yep. Okay. Those aren't bad. That so that leaves you with the Tampa Bay Creamsicles. Yep. The Red Falcons, Pat the Patriot, uh, New England, the Shaquille O'Neal Orlando Magic jerseys, the Astros Rainbow, and the light blue Major League Baseball series. Yes. And leaves me with the powder blue Chargers, the nineties Hornets, the Houston Oilers, 
the Dino Toronto Raptors, the Kelly Green Eagles, and the Vancouver Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. That will be on our social medias for you to vote on to determine who will get tomorrow's first pick in the Daily Draft. You are in the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. It's up to you. We need to keep the winning streak going, folks. Uh, get on my side on this one. I had a whole lot of orange. He had a whole lot of blue in his choices. Coming up next, we're going to talk about uh, the, the, the conference chaos that's going on in college football. How's that going to affect all the scheduling moving forward? And what does this mean for smaller schools especially? There's a lot of talk about heroes these days. Hey, buddy, you want to go fishing? The folks in the funny outfits with superpowers and spandex. All right, buddy. But at Ingalls, we know that a lot of our heroes now you look like a are a little closer to home. They're the ones who give us what we need for those everyday adventures. That's why we look up to the ones who look out for us. Don't forget your fish food. Catch a big one. Ingalls. See you later, Dad. All Bye. the ingredients for family. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. The Sportsocracy. These guys are a f***ing disgrace. And welcome back into the Sportsocracy in the Ingalls studio on ESPN Asheville. And uh, the Sportsocracy also brought to you by Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville. Uh, Thank you for that. And uh, hey. They will give you $250 extra on your trade just for being members of the Sportsocracy family. If you're looking to buy a car, sell a car, trade a car. Go to Fred Anderson Nissan, 629 Brevard Road. Tell them the Sportsocracy guys sent you. They'll give you an additional $250 on top of your trade. I'm so glad you can pick up what I'm laying down. This is uh, this is good. This is good. I think this thing might work. Uh, the <laughs> NCAA is, uh, I mean, it's in chaos right now. We don't know who's going to end up in what conference. I mean, we know, we, we know Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC, and we know that USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. Who else will be added to the Big Ten and the SEC? What will the ACC do? It's all just a big flux right now. And I mean, and we've heard everything. Oh yeah, the ACC could be pairing up with the Pac-12. The the Pac-12's got six teams that are trying to go to the Big Twelve. Yep. Everybody's in a a, a bit of pandelirium now, except for SEC, the, SEC the SEC and the Big, and Big, Big Ten. Ten. Yeah. But there's one thing that I feel like nobody's thinking about. And I don't know exactly how this is going to work. Okay. All right, so USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. Yes. That's the one we know. So that's the one that I'm going to use. You do realize that USC has a lot of rivalries that I don't see how they're going to let die. All right, so let's say you just stereotypical schedule structure. Mm -hmm. They're going to play nine games a year in the Big Ten. Are you really telling me they're going to go multiple years without playing Stanford? Are you really telling me they're going to go multiple years without playing Cal? It's hard to believe, but I mean, they're... It it can't happen that way. And I want you to think about something. What happened to Maryland basketball when they left the ACC? You became irrelevant. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because you stopped playing Duke. 
You stop playing Carolina. You stop playing the games that mattered in the history of your lore. Mm-hmm. They're not going to make that mistake again. You're certainly not going to make it in football. And so where this has led my brain to go is, what does this mean for the schedule? Every year, I mean, you think about Alabama. They're, they play Western Carolina quite often, so they're a convenient right. one for you, me to use them as, a, as an example. Mm-hmm. You play nine games in the conference. They play one heavy hitter non-conference game, and then they spit, then they cut million-dollar checks for two teams to come to, to, to come to Tuscaloosa and get slaughtered. Yep. Well, those checks pay for those programs. Those games are not going to be around. There might be one per team. I was that's what I was thinking. Was it? I mean, they might have one game. One because you're all almost invariable, especially these teams that moved. You're going to have rivalry games that can't die. Mm-hmm. USC and Cal cannot go ten years without playing but each other. But can they not? I mean, no. has anything anything happened in that rivalry that's worth remembering since the the band ran on the field? No, but they're still important games. <laughs> they're still rivalry games, and that's just an example of one that. I, I, I was pointing out here mm-hmm. the great example of this is notre dame if notre dame were to join a conference do you realize how many of these would be out of conference yeah i mean usc is obviously going to be in the big 10 mm-hmm. then you go down the route of boston college that's a rivalry game that sure. that's not going to it's not going to die out navy that's not going to die out you could do without it though can you though yeah it means nothing but in favor of, of what all right, so from a Notre Dame perspective, why would you not just schedule that game? Why, why would you mm-hmm. want to do anything else? You already know that you're, and this is sheer hypothesis, because I don't think Notre Dame's joining a conference because they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to schedule anything else? These are your fluff games. Boston College is not a threat to Notre Dame. No. And they w- very rarely ever will be. Navy's a historical game in that rivalry that means a lot to notre dame people Mm -hmm. that means a lot to navy people fans or service people or whatever the case may be i get it i get it those things can't just die off we learned this you can be relevant i get it yukon look how largely irrelevant yukon is Mm -hmm. why because all the rivalries went away so now you're playing east carolina that doesn't really mean anything to them yeah but to me see they were they were the they were the Navy of that scenario. I mean, when they were in the Big East, they had huge rivalries with Virginia Tech and Syracuse and all of that in football. I mean, I get in basketball. I mean, hell, you had great rivalries in basketball in the Big East. But in football, did anybody really care outside of those fan bases? I'm just saying it's, they're not important. They're not important to the to the culture of your team. And now here's why I disagree with you. Okay. All right, so we've already said that the the playoffs are expanding. There is no doubt that's not going to happen. The Big Ten's going to get the lion's share. The SEC is going to get the lion's share. Yes. How do you differentiate yourself? Keep those rivalry games. Don't play the, the, the Jacksonville State mm-hmm. or uh, these low-level directional mm-hmm. schools. And what's that going to do? Well, that's if you're trying kill. to recruit yeah. at these schools and you can no longer say, oh, we have Alabama come in here once a year or we have whatever the case may be, do you not think the high-level kids that go to these schools are going to go, okay, well, I can go be the ninth player at Alabama. Uh, at least I play for national titles mm-hmm. and maybe I get a shot to get on the field. Mm-hmm. It causes a great big chasm. And it does it all the way down the list of, of teams. You go from the high ends of the FBS, which would be the Big Ten, the SEC, 
wherever they land. And then there's going to be a a, a a Grand Canyon between them and everybody else. But Just that- praying to get the, the, the slivers of, well, can we get USC on our mm-hmm. non-conference schedule? Right. Maybe we'll have one game that somebody will care about. Right. But I feel like this is this is where you and I have differed on this whole transition in college sports and NIL and and the the chasm as you call it between the top teams and the bottom teams. I've always felt like that existed. The only thing this did was make it worse. You didn't have a chance anyway. No one outside of the Big Ten or the SEC or the ACC were winning national championships anyway. There were outliers. There were outliers in every conference. Yeah. Oregon was was nationally relevant. USC was nationally mm-hmm. relevant. Mm-hmm. Clemson, Florida State. The problem is that if you don't hop on board with this, you're not going to be. I mean, look, all right, name me any random competitive team from the ACC. Random competitive mm-hmm. football team mm-hmm. from the Just a- to prove that we didn't – just to prove that I didn't shoehorn this into a team. Louisville. All right. Louisville has a lot of money. They have a rivalry with kentucky so that's one of their games every single year let's just say that florida state miami clemson one other school Mm -hmm. i think it probably one of virginia schools escapes this conference do you know what their if you took those out do you know what their schedule looks like from last year what's that syracuse central florida south florida boston college virginia pitt wake james madison nc state and kentucky why are you even lathering up to do that? <laughs> you could go got 10 a good and, shot and a good nobody will care. Yeah. Nobody will care in the least. Mm-hmm. Especially when you look at a team like USC that not only did they just bulk up their conference schedule by drawing in Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. They also still get a guaranteed date with Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. That's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Probably chuck in a, a California school, whether it's Cal, Stanford, even all the way down to Fresno State. I can argue Fresno State's better than half the teams I just said that Louisville gets. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes completely irrelevant. And you talk about seats at the table. You, you really think the playoffs giving that a seat at the table? Well, you won that conference. Who cares? <laughs> You'll get a seat. Get I don't a seat agree with you. Table. I don't agree with you. Out of 12 teams? I don't agree with you. You're crazy. I think the ACC, the Pac-12, and the, and the Big 12 had their opportunity at that. Now the Pac-12 knows we're doomed. We cannot survive by by ourselves. It's just a question of who do we pair up with. Mm-hmm. The answer is the Big 12 because their media deal is done in two years. To, well, two after this year. It's 2025. Yep. The ACC is not done until 2035. And it's not staggeringly better than what they have now. Mm-hmm. Which just ties me back to where I started when all of this USC news came out. The big unequivocal loser here was the ACC. Yeah. And these teams will look to bail ship the first chance they get. I have been reading a lot of, there are a lot of people out there that are upset about what's going on in college football. And, you know, rivalries have been a big, have been a big part of the history of college football. But I think it's also time for these teams to go, what rivalries really matter and what rivalries really don't. You're in the sportocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Before we take a break, we got to give we got to give flowers to one of our our loyal YouTube uh, aficionados, our, our supporters that we haven't heard from, Curtis Davis, one of our our good Chargers go. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, long time no talk. I've been at Army Basic since March 28th. So what did I miss? 
Also, how are my bolts doing? The J.C. Jackson, Cleo Mack signings were the only things keeping me going for a while. Missed you guys. And go, Chargers, go! We missed you, too, and thank exactly. you so much for what you do. I actually didn't know that. Uh, they, I didn't either. It popped up, and I just went, you know, I haven't heard that. But you know what? Thank you for your service. And we're glad to have you back. Good to hear from you, and good to hear you're doing well. Next up, we'll talk crimes. By the way, don't do this. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Everyone's heard about the housing market and this being the best time to sell a house in years. But the same thing applies to cars. Whether you're looking to buy a car, trade in, or sell that car in the driveway collecting dust, Fred Anderson Nissan of Asheville wants to buy your car. They have two on-site managers that work with Kelly Blue Book to give you top dollar for your vehicle. You can even have your car appraised instantly at AndersonNissan.com. Stop in and visit them today at 629 Brevard Road, Nashville, or call them at 828-365-1663. At Ingalls, whether we're celebrating Friday Night Rivals, televising college basketball games, bringing the Fan Fest to semi-pro soccer, or taking you out to the ball game at your minor league park, it's all in the bag. Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Well, you know, when we do weird news, we always talk about crimes. And I hit the wrong button, and that's it's a, it's a soft it's, transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah weird a, crimes. Yeah, it's all the same. Uh, anyway, yeah, don't do crimes, by the way. We need to get a button for this one. We do. Uh, <laughs> Work we on that, that for tomorrow. We don't have that right now. This is why I hit the wrong button. Anyhow, don't do crimes. And, uh, you know, 4th of July started off very weirdly down in a place very familiar uh, with all of us because we tell you about this state all the time. Florida. In Florida. It started off very weirdly on Monday morning, at least in the city of Eustace, when the Eustace police were on patrol and they saw a cruiser from the Apopka Police Department driving recklessly early in the morning. So what do they do? I do I just let him go because he's in a cop car or do I pull him over? No, they pulled him over. And when they pulled over Officer Oscar Mayorga, um, he had an open container in the car. Bad call. Crimes. And he smelled of alcohol. And then when they said, hey, could you get out of the car for a sobriety test, please? Uh, WFTV said that he couldn't keep his balance and he almost fell several times. Mayorga admitted to the poli- to the uh, Eustace police that he had had three tall boys on his way to work. Bad call. <laughs> Don't do crimes, especially if you're a police officer, in your police cruiser in a different city. The dude thought it was a good idea to just start off with his own fireworks on 4th of July. Jeez, I'm guessing that his independence may be in question after this. My story also about people doing things that they shouldn't whilst driving. This is from the UK. A 35-mile chase happened in, not in, near Bexley in the United Kingdom. They chased this, this driver who was driving erratically. Well, 
apparently he didn't check his gas gauge before he started this little high speed chase because he only made it 35 miles before he ran out of gas. When he ran out of gas, police cruisers swarmed the car and asked him to produce his documentation. Uh, when he handed them his driver's license, they noticed something very strange about it. It was not a British driver's license. It was given to him at Legoland. This is a driver's <laughs> license that they give to children for passing the driving driver's course at Legoland. Nice. They put out a tweet that said, not only did this driver not have a proper license, he also did not have insurance, and he was not driving erratically because of his Legoland driver's license. He was driving erratically because he had a big old bag of marijuana in the back seat. Ah. That would be why he eluded police. There were two pounds of marijuana in the backseat of his car. He has been arrested and charged with, well, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Let's just See? call it, we'll, we'll call it and a lot of stuff. See here again, I'm going to, I'm going to tie this into one of your stories from yesterday. See two pounds. That sounds like a lot of marijuana. If you told me that that was, you know, 900 grams, I don't know what the conversion is that I don't, don't Google me. I don't care. Yeah, uh, you know why I said two pounds? Cause I did the conversion. Oh, Thanks, did you? Google. <laughs> so they yeah, did listed in grams no that was oh, a british story you know they use the metric system oh, which sweet. we will avoid Screw at all system. costs yeah absolutely stop that good night uh okay uh since we're talking about weird stuff one of the dumbest things that i have heard in this nfl offseason so micah parsons was doing an interview and he said at some point in the interview that he feels like the combination of he and trayvon diggs could one day be better, not as good, not scratching the surface of, but better than the combination of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. That, my friends, I think he's had three tall boys before his interview. That sounds crazy when you hear it. It's absolutely crazy. Micah Parsons is a phenomenal player. No doubt. And is going to be an elite player for a long time in this league. I would say the trend is going that way. And Trayvon Diggs, he's good. Except when he's not. Exactly. That's where it falls apart to me. Mm -hmm. Can Micah Parsons be as good as Aaron Donald? No. I don't agree with you. Really? I don't. I, I think he can be that good. There are just some there are just some guys that you should never go there with. If you're first year in the league and you've won rookie of the year and all of this and everybody's got these high expectations for you, that's great. And I'm proud of you, and way to go, kid. But don't start putting yourself into the category of certain players in NFL history. Aaron Donald, to me, falls into that category. I would go Aaron Donald. I would go uh, Lawrence Taylor, Derek Thomas. Uh, there are a litany, litany of names that you can say that will make you sound stupid. Well, and my, my argument to that would be this is a kid that had 13 sacks. Mm-hmm. In his rookie year. Uh-huh. He was next level impactful as a rookie. I don't have a qualm with him saying that about himself. But but we've already talked about a guy who did something close to that in his rookie year and hasn't been worth of crap since. Bradley yeah, Chubb. but that was injuries. There were a lot of things that went well, into that. I get that, that but that can, the same thing can happen to Micah Parsons. Hope it doesn't. Yeah, I understand why he said it on his side. It's the Trayvon Diggs side that I'm like, okay, why are Agreed. we shading Jalen Ramsey all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. Why does everybody want to take shots at him? You know what? I think that's going to be our 12 bones question of tomorrow. Who's the best defensive duo in the NFL? I like that. It is decided. All right. Best defense or best defensive duo? 
best defensive duo. And the day after, we'll do offensive duo. Show planning there we live. Go. There we go. That's something you don't get on other shows, and there's probably a reason for that. But Look, I, you do you know, here. Uh, again, with Trayvon Diggs, to me, this is just one of those things, obviously, that a young player says because he wants to show his teammates that he's, you know, he's got high hopes for him. He knows that you can grow. I get the 11 interceptions were great for Trayvon Diggs, but he's also the one of the most picked on wide receivers in the NFL last year. Gave up. Was it the most yards, or he was like top two or top? He three? gave up the most yards in the league. Yeah, I remember. I remember reading the stat about him and uh, the other corner in Dallas, Anthony named, Brown. Thank you, Anthony Brown. That those guys were like in the one top and four. four. I think right, they were in the top four of most yards surrendered last year. But Trayvon Diggs is the spot, the splashy player, and it's mm-hmm. not that he's not a good player. It's he's just very boomer bust. Mm-hmm. That's where I have. I just don't understand why anybody wants to take shots at Jalen Ramsey. He's phenomenal. I don't think this was taking a shot at J- Jalen Ramsey, but I get I have seen people that try. But good luck with that, because he's got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, that follow us on all the social medias: Facebook, Instagram, all the things. You will see that come out in the morning. Who is the best defensive duo in the NFL? Okay. That'll be our twelve bones question for tomorrow. All right, uh, I like the confidence from Micah Parsons, but I can't get there with you, man. First of all, first off, don't start putting yourself in the class of the all-time greats one year into your into your career. Second off, don't say dumb things like my teammate who got lucky last year several times is going to be. I mean, I don't know where do, where do you put Jalen Ramsey in the category of greatest corners of all time? He's up there somewhere, oh, right? Of all time, now you're getting aggressive. Was he like in the top ten, top fifteen all time? He could end up in the. I don't think he's going to touch the top five. That's just the, the the league we live in now. He could be a top ten guy once it's all said and done. What's what I'm saying? He's not that old either. Now, Trayvon Diggs, I could never see him being in that category. But what do I know? I probably would have said the same thing about Deion Sanders at some point. Who knows? I don't know. I'm going to say I doubt that. You're in the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. It's time for something to chew on with a good friend, Caleb Peake. Of course, always brought to you by Ingalls Supermarkets conservative start for Shakari Richardson she's got some work to do it was a great start in lane number six boy Tamari Davis flying through this heat two weeks ago and that's the audio you just heard Shakari Richardson didn't advance out of the first round in her signature event at the U.S. track and field championships finishing fifth in the 100 meter dash yesterday Team USA Track released its roster of athletes that will run for the red, white, and blue at the World Athletics Championships in mid-July. Shakari Richardson wasn't on it. But Caleb, you ask, why are you spending time talking about track when the entire framework of the NCAA is collapsing as we speak? Because everything is related. And UCLA's decision to leave the Pac-12 along with USC to save its own skin paints a very dark picture of what's to come for future U.S. Olympic teams. I'm Caleb Peak. This is Chew on That, brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. With the revelation that not only are both of Los Angeles' proudest institutions not only ditching the Pac-12, but also that the UCLA Athletic Department was in so much debt that it was taking a long, hard look at pulling the plug on all sports. There are a couple of pretty obvious conclusions that can be drawn. 
Number one, the Pac-12 is one gasp away from taking its final breath. And at the rate things are going, the ACC will be on its own regiment of life support soon enough. Number two, the fact that UCLA's nearly $103 million deficit will be all but erased by their share of a conference-wide billion-dollar media rights deal when they join the Big Ten in 2024 proves that soon the only college sports that will be financially sustainable are the ones played at schools large enough to pay the Jews to be part of one of the nation's two forming super conferences. For almost everyone else, the verdict will be pretty simple. Get back to class. A joint paper from 2021 by Molly Ott and Janet Lawrence of Arizona State and the University of Michigan, respectively, found that between March and October 2020, over 300 college sports programs across the country ceased to exist due to the pandemic. These closures were mostly reserved for Division II and the non-athletic scholarship Division III, but some top-tier programs were forced to shutter as well, like Furman's men's lacrosse team and storied baseball program that, until 2020, had fielded a team every season since 1896. Of those 300-plus programs that were killed off, ostensibly, it was the Olympic sports getting massacred. Tennis was the hardest hit. 57 collegiate tennis programs met their demise, while golf, soccer, cross-country, swimming and diving, and believe it or not, basketball, all had 22 or more teams abandoned. Track and field lost 18 programs nationally, tied with volleyball in a game that nobody wins. And even though the pandemic has been mostly beaten back, another obvious fact needs to be stated. Football has long been the top-producing revenue sport at any school that bothers to field a team. It's well-known and well-documented that college football has paid the bills for a plethora of Olympic sports to remain active and engaged at the collegiate level. But now, as the Power Five converges into two, possibly three, tightly packed super conferences and the haves are separated pretty thoroughly from the have-nots, the non-revenue sports at these schools on the outside looking in are about to start dropping like flies. Will there still be opportunities to pull in a high-level scholarship in something like, say, shot put or the 200-meter hurdles? Sure, but the opportunities will be fewer and further between, and the ones that do still exist will only accommodate a small fraction of potential future Team USA Olympians. So while I can agree that the consolidation of these schools in their non-revenue sports will just increase the overall quality of these programs by upping the competition just to get in, you can only hope that the end result looks as good on the podium as it does on paper. If you're LSU track and field, which produced Shikari Richardson, it'll be great to no longer have to compete for recruits with five major conferences and a whole host of mid-major and smaller programs. It'll be easier to coax a smaller town talent away from the legacy school his parents and grandparents attended when that school probably won't even offer the sport he plays. But at the end of the day, when the team is assembled, you just have to hope that everything goes according to plan. You'll have to hope the team dynamic works. You'll have to hope that everyone stays motivated, stays driven, and performs at the level they're supposed to, because finding a quality replacement will be a lot, lot harder. With the rest of the world getting more and more athletic year over year in every discipline, the U.S. Olympic team has been looking over its shoulder for some time now. Team USA has always had the luxury of casting a wide net. A future star could come from anywhere. At Tokyo 2021, 
10 American Olympians had a Division II collegiate background. But if this nationwide feeding system dries up, Team USA is likely due for a fall from grace. I just hope Shakari's fifth-place finish is more of a fluke instead of an omen. I'm Caleb Peak. That's something to chew on. Let me hit you with some good news here. I got on my scale this morning, and it said 219 pounds. I am just going crazy over the PhD weight loss program because the pounds continue to fall off. We've been on this program since just before Thanksgiving, and I have lost over 70 pounds. I walked in at 295. It is absolutely blowing my mind. Tank is quickly approaching light heavyweight status in the UFC, and I'm getting to exactly where I want to be. One of my biggest problems was that I couldn't sleep. I had gotten so heavy, sleep apnea was wearing on me and now with the weight that i've lost i'm back to my high school weight and i'm sleeping like a baby and it's thanks to the plan and the food at phd weight loss nutrition is the key to fat loss 80 percent of the work comes from changing your nutrition and phd has the plan myphdweightloss.com phd weight loss is the official weight loss program of the clemson tigers and their fans Dirty, perky, shark, back, flat. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Let the hate flow through you. If you don't know the name Billy Horschel, I'm not gonna be shocked. Yes, he's 15th in the world golf rankings, and yes, he's 14th in the FedEx Cup rankings, but he's a very nondescript golfer, but he is fed up with these LIV golfer guys. Not because they took the money. He has no problem there. His quote, I have ill will towards comments that they've made. Comments saying that PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Moynihan doesn't listen. That the PGA Tour doesn't listen. Well, here's the problem. That's accurate. That's exactly why this got to this point. Golfers have been saying this for many years. That the PGA Tour schedule is too daunting for these guys that aren't the highest level golfers that are winning majors and winning high-end tournaments. They have to play every single week just to make enough money to survive. It's very expensive to be on the tour and travel every single week because golfers are at net root independent contractors. That's the exact problem, Billy. That's the problem. And I kind of understand why you don't get that because you have won tournaments. You're not one of these lower level guys. And if you have no problem with the money, you really shouldn't have a problem with any of these other guys that have left. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It just sounds like an angry old man yelling at clouds because they're too fluffy and they're over his house. I'm mad. Oh, yeah. Who the hell is Billy Horschel anyway? Billy Horschel's a good golfer. But to say I'm mad that they said Jay Moynihan didn't listen, that's exactly why this became a problem. The reason Greg Norman started, jumped on board with his tour is because he felt like the PGA Tour hadn't listened to its golfers for many years, and he saw an opportunity. Of all the golfers that you would listen to if you were Jay Monahan, don't you think that list goes Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson too? And Dustin Johnson should have been somewhere in the top five. Mm -hmm. And virtually all of these guys at some point had taken little pot shots of, this schedule is insane. That's why I have to take off. It's why you have tournaments that you couldn't sell to anybody because nobody plays them. That's all the complaints that Phil Mickelson was throwing out there about the PGA and had, uh, you know, that's that, uh, he's, and here, well, he's here's part the, of the reason why it got so big. Absolutely. And here's one of the things that, that bother me with guys that, that put stances out like that. 
The PGA Tour is getting ready to change, and it is 107% because of Live Golf. Yes. Your schedule's getting ready to shorten. The prize purses are getting ready to swell, and it's because of Live Golf. And the quicker that you can all mend fences and hold hands and sing Kumbaya, the better off we'll all be. Absolutely. Look, I, I, I still have not watched a lot of the Live Golf. Did you watch the Portland event? I did. You did? I'm a degenerate gambler. You, but were you throw? DraftKings I mean, opened up uh, LIV golf bangers. Uh, Jeremy was in. But you were enthralled for the whole tournament. You hung with it for 54 holes, all of that. I mean, I don't watch anything from pillar to post. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me to say that I watched every second of that would be disingenuous. But I don't watch any. I don't watch every second of any of these tournaments. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the PGA Tour, it doesn't matter. I come in, I come out. And just, I did it. And I'm I just, I'll put it this way. I watched more of the Live Golf Tournament than I watched of the tournament that JT Poston won, and more than I watched of the tournament Xander Shoffley won of the the high end guys that was in Ireland. Okay. That see, that's where I was going with this. Was was I'm still trying to it's only been what two events so far. So I'm still trying to get a gauge on how true golf fans really feel about the tour 54 it's it is quickly progressing you you tried to make this about the the saudi money and oh we don't take the saudi money and then they turned it on you and went okay so you have a problem with that but you'll allow them to sponsor your tournaments argument invalidated Mm. and i mean rory mcelroy has already backed off everything he said the day's coming where they're just gonna go okay we're giving this too much credence we're letting this get under our skin these guys can go do whatever they want to We'll reconverge and play the majors. This is actually not bad for the publicity of the sport. We've talked more golf because of this than anything we've ever had. No doubt. You just got to see the opportunity. Yep. We appreciate everybody being on the ride with us here on uh, the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. Uh, Top news of the day, Baker Mayfield going to the Carolina Panthers. I'm sure there'll be more on that, more stupid takes that come out tonight about uh, how good of a deal this was or how bad of a deal this was for the Carolina Panthers that we could chop up tomorrow. Tomorrow on the program, we're also going to be doing the best defensive duos in the NFL. So, and then uh, we'll have our 12 Bones question of the day as well. And speaking of that, we have our 12 Bones comment of the day. It comes from our buddy Sean Crow in reference to Baker Mayfield. I like it. If Mayfield's healthy, he's competitive and athletic enough to start for the Panthers. Darnold hasn't produced, in my opinion, it is a bust for the Panthers. It was a very well thought out comment. And congratulations to our buddy Sean Crow. You will be entered in the drawing for the 12 Bones gift pack at the end of the week. That's right. 12 Bones questions of the day. The smokehouse and the brewery. We got uh, gift smart cards. takes we in the got... comments. Just smart yeah. takes in the comments. Things we put on social media. Follow us on all the social medias at the Sportsocracy on any of them you could look for, except OnlyFans. Every week we've got a winner for a twelve bone smokehouse and brewery prize pack, including uh, various merch and gift cards, all that kind of stuff. We appreciate everybody being along with us today. We'll be back here tomorrow on ESPN Asheville and on the YouTube's at three o'clock.